Starfleet Escape Podcast. Prepare for launch in 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four Eyed Radio Network, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode number 79 and is being recorded on January 11th, 2018. Today's topic Spectral Scan, Star Trek Discovery, episode 10, Despite Yourself. Warning this is a spoiler filled episode. I'm Aaron. I'm Eric Berry. And I'm Eric Dewey. This episode is sponsored by Revenge Lover Designs and Illustration. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for a 10% off your order. How's everyone doing this week? I'm uh, I'm doing okay. I'm uh, excited to talk about this episode of Star Trek. I'm excited that Star Trek is back. Um, you know, we had we had some time off there for a little bit, so uh, you know, holidays and all that fun stuff and now we're back. Yeah, I had a good holiday season. I am dreading work on a constant basis and <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad to be talking to you guys. Cool. Yeah. 2018. Let's um Let's truck it up a notch, and I forgot to turn off my phone, which is highly unprofessional of me, <laughs> and I apologize. What was that? That's it. You're, that's it. That five minutes in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> not the agony booth. No, it was not a train. It was a iPhone, just a like an eBay thing. Like, oh, see, the notification. I, I... If I, I forgot have to no turn idea off my... what my sounds sound like on my phone because I just constantly keep it muted. <laughs> oh, that's good, I guess. If I forgot <laughs> yeah. to turn off my phone, nobody would really think anything of it because they're almost all Star Trek sounds. So you, people would just think I was just sprinkling them into the episode for, for no apparent reason. <laughs> my text message is the uh, transporter from TNG. My uh, Facebook messenger is the communicator oh, yeah. from TOS. So it would fit in if my phone went off. All right, you, you guys want to hear my ringtone? It's Star Trek related. Listen, oh, yeah. listen, listen to this. Wait. Captain Kirk, message from Starfleet Command, top priority. That that is my ringtone. Nice. My my text tone is this. I've so used that one before. Doorbell chime. Yep, yep. I've used that one before. And my voicemail, my new voicemail, is this. Uh-huh. Did you hear that? Yeah, I, I did. Very so, cool. <laughs> how are people's reactions on the street when they when they hear these sounds coming from your phones? The the door chime, like when I get a text message, no one really thinks about it. But when I'm getting a call, like you know, Captain Kirk, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. like, like people do, like if if they're into Star Trek, they're like, whoa, what? Like, I, I'll right. get a couple looks, but at that point, I'm not talking to them because I'm talking to someone else. <laughs> oh, right. I get some looks so, every now and then when my Facebook Messenger goes off because it's the, the communicator chirp, so it's fairly recognizable. Uh, most people recognize it as being something Star Trek, and so I'll get I'll get the occasional head turn, and I've gotten the, the thumbs up occasionally just randomly and stuff, so it's kind of cool. I used to have the original communicator sound, too, as my, like— text tone but i don't know i like the i like the door chime for some reason yeah i've, I've used that before I, I i tend to rotate out my sounds from time to time sometimes i'll do a theme 
on my phone, like not an official packaged theme because I don't like those apps, but I'll, I'll, I'll theme myself. Like I'll have my background and my tones all related to the same thing. I've had, I've had them all Jurassic Park related at one point. I've had them all Star Wars related at one point. Uh, right now my background is my wife and daughter, but all my sounds are Aww. Star Trek, so adorable oh yeah my, my actual ringtone for phone calls is the discovery theme currently nice, nice. it's hard it's hard to answer the phone though because it starts <laughs> ringing and i just i just want to listen to it i just want to let it play i really do like that discovery theme it's a good song it's i like the, the how really they brought nice. just a little bit of the element from the original in to let you know hey this is going to be star trek and then a whole lot of new stuff to let you know hey this is also going to be new and then right at the end just a reminder this is star trek yeah, if, if you have the credits, the cr- closed captioning on, at the very end it says, playing original series <laughs> Star Trek theme. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And that boom, boom gets me pumped every time. So it's perfect. Uh, speaking of uh, Discovery, because that's what we're talking about today, I just got uh, two different uh, Michael Burnham's for my crew in Star Trek timelines. They're celebrating their second year anniversary. They gave everyone like five new crew slots and they gave everyone mariachi cue. <laughs> oh, cool. I should probably uh, sign you in. You should boot that up and also help build the star base. Yeah, I've been um, building this. I've, I've added some stuff to the star base, but it's been a couple of weeks. You haven't been on in 15 days, Aaron. <laughs> He's like, I've got, you, I've got your stats right weeks. here. Two weeks. Aaron, that's, that's 10 minutes in the booth. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I got Saru, though. Yeah, Saru's pretty cool. But I got uh, graduation Michael Burnham. And I also got when she's in the mess hall and she's in that jumpsuit from being a prisoner. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they've got an event going on right now for the, uh, it just started today for the second anniversary. Nice. So it's it's pretty easy to get these characters. Just saying. If I were to reinstall it, because I did install it on my last phone, played like one day, and then because it ran so slowly on my old phone, I didn't keep it. I, and I haven't oh. reinstalled it on my new phone yet, though this phone is much, much faster. I have the, the Note 8 now, so it should run fairly smoothly. How would I find you guys to – I mean, is there a way to – is there an alliance? Is there some sort of grouping that I can join with yes. you guys? Uh, you can search for Starfleet Escape Podcast. Actually, anyone of our listeners can join, and we can make a little nice uh, fleet going on here. All right. So, well, I won't download it right Starfleet now Escape because I don't want to use the use my Wi-Fi too much while I'm skyping with you guys. But um, when we're done here, I will reinstall it and see if I can't join up with you guys. Awesome word. word. It's a fun time. Sorry for the plug. It was just like. I I'm on this app every day. I know, Eric. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be annoying about it. I just think it's fun. Like I've got so much crew, it's insane. I've and I I've probably spent way too, too much, much money, money. <laughs> than I should. So I'm kind. I kind of have to use it. <laughs> yeah. Now, but see, I'm glad that they gave they're giving everyone five extra crew slots. That's awesome because I'm yeah. running low on crew. Well, I, I run low on crew all the time, and I keep having to, like, cryo-freeze people. So I'm on this constant... The problem is, every time they have an event, like every other week, they're adding new characters. I'm like, guys, can can you just slow down a bit so I can catch up? <laughs> they got to uh, get those microtransactions no, in. 
Yeah, but lately they've really been giving uh, crew slots out for free for a, a couple different events now. And they're great. Whenever they make a mistake or there's a server issue, they give out free chronotons and stuff like no one's business. So their customer service is like really good. Yeah, I had a mess load of uh, chronotons and, uh, <laughs> and I, some I, other stuff. My wife actually had me rebooted up on on her phone. Yeah, and the, there was like a hundred and six messages in the thing, yeah. and it was just like chroniton, chroniton, free character, chroniton, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yep. That's that's what happened when um when I installed it to uh, release command of the base over to you or the fleet rather. Yes, I I'm now Admiral Admiral yeah. Barry. <laughs> yep, Admiral Barry. Anywho. Um, Insert, insert comment about the fleet being desperate here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we need more captains. So. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife's part of it. So actually, why don't you have um, Eric uh, Barry have your wife uh, join? Unless she ha- she's in a better a better fleet. No. <laughs> no, I, I got to get onto her phone and just uh, uh, sign her up for it. So. Yeah. 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 So uh, why don't we jump into the news here? To start off the news, we have a, a sad story here. We're reporting the passing of John Paul Stewart, uh, who passed away on January 1st at the age of 33. Uh, as of this recording, I do not believe there has been a cause of death released. Star Trek fans would know Stewart as the first actor who played Worf's son, Alexander. I didn't realize how many people actually played Alexander. There's like four, because one of them's like the future version, the older version we saw in D Space Nine. And but I didn't know there was two different kid actors. I because the first one, he was so young. Mm-hmm. But he looks so much like the other child actor they had, the main one that right. played Alexander. Like, they look so similar. I, I I thought it was just the same actor. Right, yeah, as did I. I didn't notice there was any difference. And I don't know, I mean, because Alexander went with Worf's adopted parents for, I don't know, a while before coming back while. on board. Yeah. So. But, but also he had like some Klingon growth spurt too, because I think it's yeah. only a couple seasons and it's like, Hey, I'm nine now. And you're like, what? Right. <laughs> yeah. When, whenever they had kids in Star Trek, it, it always seemed like the ages were not quite right. You know, the, the Wildman kid in Voyagers yeah. brings to mind. I'm like, wait, what? How old is this kid supposed to be? Like we didn't, we just saw her born like three years ago and now she's like 10. What, what gives? But, they kind of explain it away because of the her Kateran heritage or whatever. I figured or that's what it what it was was like. Okay, well, whatever whatever race but, dad is, it, yeah. ages more more rapidly at least in adolescence. You know, they reach adolescence more rapidly or something. But it was just kind I, of I funny. Actually, I, I really liked her character. I just um, found it hilarious that we saw the wild was, kid all the time, but we never saw mom again. <laughs> <laughs> like, like one she episode. Died. She, yeah, no, she died. 
No, and then they kept talking about her. Like she, she would walk into the cargo bay with seven and nine, and where is your mother? Oh, she's doing blah blah blah. You know, and yeah, like she was always yeah, talked about, but then you didn't see you didn't see Wildman for a number of years, and then that I think it was one episode in season seven. They're like, yeah, we should probably like kill her off. <laughs> And so they had the actress back for like that one episode. Yeah, I, I always wondered about years. that. Like, like did they have a falling out? Did was there a problem with the character? Like, they they had the kid show up on a regular basis, but mom was was always mentioned but never there. It was like, what's what gives here? What's happening? Yeah, like Neelix was the surrogate father, pretty much. Basically, yeah, she ended up yeah. being Neelix's and Seven's kid, basically. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> That's an odd coupling, but as you may have guessed, I have finished my rewatch, so I have recently yeah, seen. Better, I was going to say that better than Chicote and that weird ass relationship. Oh God! <sighs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> I mean, sometimes Star Trek tries to make the weirdest pairings, and it's just like it's horrible. Ah, why, guys? <laughs> why? You know, and that's one thing to bring it back on topic. One thing I think Discovery is doing so much better. The relationships that we're seeing, not only the ones that are being established on screen in front of us, but the ones that were previously established before we come into this into the story are so much more genuine than really any relationships we've seen in Trek before. I think the worst relationship in Star Trek is when Worf and Deanna Troy were the Worf together. Troy thing it was horrible. The very mention of it infuriates me because it's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> the Worf Dax thing bugged me a little bit too, but not nearly as much because I'm like, at least she's you know her, one of her previous hosts had you know experience with Klingon, so like I get it, like I get it there. The thing with yeah. Troy made no sense, zero sense. There was no chemistry between them at any point during the series to suddenly no. thrust them into a relationship yeah, well, just because, well, maybe may- in some other universe they were. <laughs> <laughs> just thrust into a relationship. I'm like, yeah, she was probably getting thrust really well. Hey, <laughs> I I really tried hard not to think about that aspect of their relationship. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh, God. Where's my mind at? Speaking of Dax, um, (laughs) January 3rd. (laughs) Nice segue. I love it. (laughs) January 3rd marked the 25th anniversary of the premiere of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I feel so old. Well, you are. I I am so old. Like, that is... Wow. Yeah, that was... Wow, let's see. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for the 25th anniversary. I might do a rewatch of Deep Space Nine. I just want it remastered on Blu-ray already. Yeah, well, that documentary should be coming out this year, right? I hope so, because I paid for it, and I want my... (laughs) the last thing i need is another star trek crowdfunding campaign to go crap on me Uh oh move on move on move on so thrusters ahead full the third discovery novel has been announced star trek discovery fear itself written by james swallow will be released june 5th 2018 all right yeah but i want to read the second one when's that that coming Next month, we talked yeah, about, about that. Yeah, I was about to before. say that February, I believe. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. I'll definitely be reading it. 
Did you even finish the first one? No. <laughs> Dude, what are you I'm behind doing? and everything. <laughs> well, get on it. I know. I, I tried reading when I was on, on my vacation. I tried to read. Uh, Don't read on your vacation. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't happen. <laughs> Every every time I go on vacation, I I always think I'm going to read. Also, like I always think like this is going to be a thing. And the only time that I've ever gotten any reading done when I've taken any type of vacation is if I have to fly somewhere. I can I'll get some reading done when I'm on the plane to and from, but I will almost never get any reading done at any point during the actual trip. No matter how much I think that I'm going to have that time, it just never happens. Yeah. Basically, don't be. Archer and bring books to Riza, okay? <laughs> or Picard, for that matter. <laughs> or Picard. There's two captains who are real blowhards when it comes to vacationing on Riza. Don't be one of them. <laughs> I think captains in general just have a problem with vacations in general, so it's it's kind of hard for them to to do it properly when they are forced yeah. to do it. There's always something wrong with the way they vacation. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Finally in the news, the Star Trek Bridge Crew, the game, is now available for non-VR players on PlayStation 4, Oculus, and Steam uh, with a free update. Yeah, I actually saw that video that they released uh, promoting that over the weekend. And yeah. now I'm like, man, I wish I got a PS4, but I don't. Because <laughs> I well, told you that. Uh, I, over the holiday season, bought myself the VR for a PlayStation. Ooh. And I got this game for Christmas. Nice. So I've been, I've been playing, and uh, it's it's pretty awesome. Really? It's, yeah. it's really good? It's, it's cool. I mean, you're sitting there, and man, you're the captain. You're looking around. Doing all the stuff. The AI crew sucks, though. Uh... <laughs> so you're really you have the option. You can you have jump to micromanage. In. Yeah, yeah. You can jump in and take over the station to uh, micromanage. The game's really meant to be played online with. Uh, let's see. Oh, with, sure. With like three other people, <laughs> but it's cool. You have the helms officer. You have weapons, engineering, and the captain. And it's cool. You're on board a uh, JJ verse uh, ship, and if you want for more advanced users, they have the original Enterprise. Oh, which man, I tried that with my friend. I I couldn't figure anything out on the original Enterprise. <laughs> like there are just switches and buttons, but it, it they're not labeled. What they are? Hey. No, they're not labeled. <laughs> Have you guys watched uh, Black Mirror yet? The new season of Black no. Mirror? Yes, I watched the Callister episode. I highly encourage everybody to watch this show in general, like all four seasons. Oh, Seriously, sure. it's amazing. And the one episode that is quote unquote Star Trek themed, it's it's not a Star Trek. It's not a parody of Star Trek. That's not what the it's sh- that's not, not what, what the show you're thinking. Is. It's not um, what you're thinking. It just happens to use. A, a virtual parody of Star Trek in the telling of the episode. The episode itself has nothing to do with Star Trek. It's not making fun of Star Trek. It's not, it's, it's actually just really, really well done. And like every Black mm-hmm. Mirror episode, I mean, Black Mirror, basically the premise of the show is to take technology that we have today or that is 
on the cusp of becoming available today and showing how it could go wrong <laughs> and how it could go wrong in spectacular ways. Um, I watched the whole season, but yes, the, that Callister episode, the only reason I bring it up is because there's one point, you know, they've got the bridge with all these switches and stuff, and there's one point where the, the, the character doesn't know how to do a thing she's being told to do, and they're just like, it's just any button, just push any button, and it just does it. <laughs> just push any button, and it just does it. <laughs> And sure enough, she just randomly picks a button, hits it, and it does the thing that it's supposed to do. Um, <laughs> it, it's pretty fantastic. I'm like, yeah, that that seems about right. <laughs> yeah. But God, I love the production design on that episode. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Oh, it, you know, segue from Star Trek, but absolutely, if you guys have Netflix, watch Black Mirror. Watch it from the beginning. Watch all the episodes. But even if you just wait. But what's, what's great about it is they tie in together a little bit. Like there's little hints here and there that everything is kind of happening in the same universe. Yeah, but, but it's you not don't a story need to like... Yeah, it's not a storyline. You can drop right into this episode and be fine. Yeah, every single episode is its own story. You you can tie them together if you watch them all, but every single episode is its own story. So definitely. It's... It's a modern day like Outer Limits or Twilight Zone. Yeah, That's what it, it is. yeah, it's really you know, along those lines, but specifically focused. I think on, on technology. Tech. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, that's yeah. what Black Mirror stands for. You know, like when your computer goes blank and you're staring at yourself in the screen. That's what the the Black Mirror uh, is in reference to. Is when you know your screen goes blank in front of you and you're staring at yourself in this black mirror. So that's where they get the title from. That's basically what oh, the show I, is about. I guess I never made that connection. Somebody like somebody oh, okay. pointed that out at one point, I think on Twitter or something like that. Like, oh, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, I turned my phone screen off and I was still looking at it, and I was like, oh, hey, it's like a Black Mirror. I wonder if that's where they got the show title from. And the Black Mirror Twitter account, I think, responded like, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of the point. <laughs> oh, I guess it's better than like Blue Screen of Death. <laughs> the series. <laughs> um, that would be horrible. Yeah. One thing I would like uh, to mention about Star Trek Bridge Crew, it's cross-platform play. So people on PlayStation 4, Oculus, and Steam can play each other, uh, or with each other, rather. So that is pretty... Pretty cool. So if I would ever be put real together... cool if it was for Xbox. Just saying. Well, so... now that it doesn't require VR, hopefully um, they will uh, make it available. But it's much Aaron... better in VR. It's much better in VR. Aaron, we, we... go ahead. Aaron, we got to finish our co-op on that Star Trek game. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> from like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, I have to dust off the 360. <laughs> And get that going. Unless it's not, no, it's probably not backwards compatible yet on the one. Shoot 360. I could almost play with you guys if I could find it. I have somewhere in this basement in a box uh, an Xbox 360. I don't have the controller for it, so I would have to buy a controller. (laughs) But other than that, Mm. set ready to go. Don't own any games, but (laughs) I've I've got the actual unit itself. It exists. (laughs) Wait, yeah, you have a... Yeah, because I friended you on. Yeah, I had it plugged in when I first got it. I I plugged it in. I uh, you know got it going. I had I even had the 
like they gave you the three months of gold membership or whatever that is yep. for free to begin with. And then I continued even for a few months after that. I think I did like one more three-month thing. And I, I downloaded the free games that that I could get with the gold. And I had a couple of games that I had bought like used and, and was playing. I had a James Bond game that I played on it. And um, I just – I never spent enough time playing it. So when I did – Finally, you know, we were using it more for we were using it for Netflix and Amazon and you know stuff like that, as opposed to actually using it as a gaming system. So when mm-hmm. we got a smart TV, I felt no need and and just I'd never bothered hooking it up because I didn't need it anymore. I wasn't using it right. for games. I was only using it for these other things. And my TV does all that now, so I don't need it. But it would be nice to uh, to play some games every now and then. Just haven't found right. the found the motivation to to do that yet. Yeah, but you're an old man, so no it is time true. For games it anymore, is true. Right? <laughs> I'm only a couple of months away from being almost forty. So, oh, almost forty was like thirty nine. <laughs> yeah, I'll be thirty nine in March. <laughs> so I'm only a couple of months away from being almost forty. That's that's my cynical mind for you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so if anyone getting back to uh, Bridge Crew here, if you want to play with me, you can friend me on. On uh, PlayStation, on the PlayStation Network, uh, Nova Charter. Uh, just let me know who you are and you listen to the podcast, because otherwise I probably won't accept you as a friend. Especially if your username is spam, Spambot5000XXX. <laughs> yes. But anywho, why don't we jump into uh, one of my favorite segments of the show, Would You Buy It? Now, guys, would you purchase this item? Not for that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If it were if it were cheaper, possibly, but for the price they're asking, uh, not a chance. Yeah. the The first time I saw this item was in my Facebook feed. I saw it. I was like, "Oh man, I want that." Open the link. I'm like, "Nope, <laughs> never mind. I don't uh, want that." <laughs> so what we're talking about here is the Star Trek Federation presidential rug which retails for $119.99 on ThinkGeek. It is officially licensed next-gen merchandise, ThinkGeek exclusive, made from 100% polyester pile, and it is 48 diameters. So 48 diameters? 48-inch... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna let it slide. I was gonna let it slide. Yeah, um, its uh, dimensions are forty-eight inches in so, diameter. So it's four feet wide, is what we're saying. It's a circle. It's a well, circle. Four feet round. Oh, it's it's. But that sounds like a Star Trek term. It's forty-eight diameters. <laughs> it's been a long day. No, I, I, I hear you. It's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> 48 diameters. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's okay. But, I mean, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for the price, I would most certainly buy this. Yeah, it's a decent size rug. I mean, 48 inches in diameter, that means it's four feet, which means I'm, I'm sitting it right now at a table that is four feet long. So I'm imagining a circle with the diameter of this table. It, it, that's a fairly good size uh, rug. It's not like a standard size rug. It's not like a normal area rug that you would find, mostly because it's round. You don't see a lot of round rugs, but... You know, it's it's fairly decent size. It's not like a tiny little. It's not like a little welcome mat that you'd put inside your front door or something like that. This is a, a fairly big thing. If I had an office that had a space yeah. for a rug of this size, like I might consider 
like, man, I'll wait and see if it pops up cheaper on Amazon or something like that. Because every now and then does, even though it's a Think Geek exclusive, Think Geek does sell some of their stuff through Amazon also. And sometimes you get sale prices there. If it popped up on Amazon for half of that or even a little more than half, I'd probably go up to about 70 bucks on this maybe. You know, if I, if I had a yeah. place in mind to put it, which I don't right now. There's no place that in my home that I could display this rug properly, so it really wouldn't do me much good. But if I did, if I had an office and that would that this rug would fit in, then I'd be like, okay, you know, I might consider it. But yeah, 120 bucks, a little much for a rug, and especially you know, you know, my track record with Think Geeks quality. So I would have to also see this in person first. I'd have to go someplace that had this rug and and take a look at the quality before I pull the trigger, no matter what. But assuming that it's decent quality. You know, I, I still think it's a little high priced for what it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, there's a Think Geek retail store close to me. I haven't seen this there, but their Star Trek section has been dwindling. You need to get on them about so, that. You need to walk in there every day, and be like, "Hey, where's your Star Trek stuff?" It, every yeah, they'll be they'll day. point over there. <laughs> like it's over there. <laughs> but like, why isn't you know, it up front? It. Why isn't it right here? Why isn't it? Why isn't it in the window? If this were my story, they, the Star Trek stuff would be in the window. They do have a giant Spock cupcake in the window that you could take a selfie picture with. Um, cupcake? Like the food item? Yeah, it's a cupcake, but it's... So they they were selling these items, like different kind of cupcakes, but there was a Gorn one, Kirk, and Spock. I didn't buy them because I'm like, that's like the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But yeah, so they're like... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. Just think of a cupcake, but like the top of it is in the shape of like Spock's hat hair. And, and this, and is, this is a food item. This is something you can eat. No. Oh, oh, those stupid cupcake figure things. Yeah, they're yeah, dumb. What's yeah. a cupcake figure? What? Now I have to Google. Yeah, Google I, I literally thought you were talking the, about it's cupcakes. One of those- no, it's one of those dumb vinyl figure things, and it's like Captain James T. Cupcake or something. And it's, they look bad. Yeah, yeah. I think the corn was like, uh, like a from- play on like uh, corn bread or something. I don't know. It was bad. Are they, yeah. Are they Shopkins figures? Is that what no. we're talking about? No. I'm just Googling here for cupcake figures, and the first thing that came up with Funko. Do, do Star Trek cupcake figure. See, this is an actual – it says Fun Edibles, Star Trek Captain Kirk. Oh, man. Let me look up. for it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait. Is that for real? But, yeah, it looks like a little fi- – but it's – what? Oh, see, there's the Gorn one. But that one says GameStop also. Yeah, GameStop. GameStop, yeah. They would okay. sell that game stuff. Okay. I thought you said it was oh, the fun, Geek yeah, store. Funnables. Funnables. Fun, yeah, but they're fun not edibles. actually edible. That's the dumbest thing I've ever yeah, heard Star in my Trek life. Gorn bread muffin. <laughs> oh, God. Shoot yeah. me now. You know what? I'm putting myself in the booth because I want to escape the pain of knowing that these exist. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're a clearance item. Uh, if you I'll can bet. find them. They're like four bucks, but not worth it. Yeah, they're clearance because they're crap. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so here's what we're going to do, okay? We're going to take a, a character. All right, we're going to make it into a little plastic figure. But here's the thing. We're going to make it look like it's in the shape of a cupcake, but not quite. Not like an actual cupcake, just kind of vaguely shaped like a cupcake, okay? You guys on board? And somebody somewhere in some meeting said, yeah, okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's put these into production. Let's make Those, these. like, uh... 
what's that dude? Ban Critters or something? I'm uh, saying his name wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, John Van Sitters. Yeah, there you go. He 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 okayed it. John Van Sitters. Yeah, you were wrong. Yeah, but it's but it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> you were wrong, sir. I give you thirty well, minutes yeah. in the booth. Everybody's uh, getting booth actually, time I today. Think he's gonna be. Isn't he gonna be on all all Trek? It's not all Trek. After oh, righty then. <laughs> he's gonna be on After Trek next week, I think. Oh, oh really? I so I guess we better so. tweet now if we want him to answer a question. Um. <laughs> well, I did. I tweeted. I I tweeted them uh, earlier today. Since well, we'll get into it later. But I tweeted them and asked them if it was uh, hard to keep the Voke Ash quote unquote secret. Uh, I like I like the way you word the question. Assume that we already know, and then ask them how how hard it was to keep the secret. To, I like I like your trickery there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got a little hint of the. So when did you stop beating your wife? Type of type of question. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> a little okay. little bit of trickery in the question there. I like it. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, so they probably won't answer that one. <laughs> so let's get into the topic of the show. Uh, spectral scan Star Trek Discovery episode 10 Despite Yourself This is the first episode of Star Trek Directed by Jonathan Frake Since Voyager episode Prototype In 1995 <laughs> Stardate 475 Breaker Alpha Charlie Point Zebra God Has it really been 23 freaking years Since he directed a star trek episode i know he did um first contact and insurrection which came after this yeah. but my god no yeah, but that was like 96 and then 98 I'm, <laughs> I'm actually really surprised that they didn't have him that that they didn't tap him to direct any enterprise episodes like that actually really or surprised d space me. nine or did he direct a d space nine he might have, yeah, probably. that would have been before um, Voyager, at least at this point, because, um, you know, so I don't, I don't know if well, he did he any deep episodes or not. deep in his uh, fact or fiction show. Oh, that's right. He did do that. Yeah. Um, I was also going to say I would re- much rather have him directed an Enterprise episode instead of starring in one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> I I love you, Jonathan Frakes, but my God, man. (laughs) Worst series finale ever. And I watched all of Dexter. So, you know, I'm saying something here. Wow. It was better than the original series. Well, I mean, to be fair, they didn't have the knowledge I, I, yeah, that it was going yeah. to be a series finale. They didn't have that sure right. knowledge. They they thought yeah. they might come back another season. They were supposed to be on a five year mission, and they only got through three of them. So <laughs> that I can I can excuse because of the circumstances. This they mm-hmm. knew. You know, granted, it was shorter than I'm sure they expected to run. I'm sure they were hoping that they were going to get seven years like the rest of the shows had, but. Obviously, that didn't happen for them, but they knew that that was going to be the finale. And when shows know they're going to end and still give me a bad finale, I get angry about it. (laughs) I'll never forgive Enterprise for not giving us the Romulan War. Like, come on. And we still don't get it. You you think we could have... And and we've had had so many prequel stuff. It's like, (laughs) can you just... But man, Beyond was close. It was like, oh yeah, it's rather wrong on war in the Zindi, and I'm like, can you 
just show us that? Can you just show us the Romulan War? Like, come on. And Enterprise was just... God, they were setting it up so good. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Despite Yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is... That is correct. That is correct. We are here to talk about Despite Yourself, which is I, – I, I want just a quick general reaction to this episode. Before we go into the specifics, the details, just general overall reaction to this episode, you guys. Lots of shocking twists and turns and not all of them for the best. I think they did a lot of things for shock value and I – uh, like, I like it more than I don't, but the not liking parts are really huge for me. And I have some real issues with what they're doing on, on some level. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. All right, Aaron. Nobody's safe. Hide your kids. <laughs> <laughs> hide your wife. <laughs> hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your doctor. Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, generally, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Hashtag too soon. Uh, Generally, uh, some shock, uh, shocking moments uh, in this episode. Surprising. It was surprising to me how short the episode was, even though there was so much going on. It felt was, longer. Was it short? It was. It was the same. Eight minutes. Yeah, it was the same. The same length as it, any of the other episodes, it, but it went so fast. It did feel like a longer episode than forty-nine minutes for sure. Yeah. I felt like there was so much going on that it had to be a lot longer, but 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 it wasn't. So yeah, <laughs> that's my take. All right. As for me, I freaking loved this episode. Uh, I watched it for the fifth time today. Uh, the only reason time I haven't watched this episode more is just from time constraints. The fact that I was working and I didn't want to watch. It. I did watch it once at work, but when I'm watching stuff at work, I'm not actually watching. I'm really just listening because I, you know, I, I'm data entry, so I'm I'm having to type stuff into the screens in front of me. I don't really have have the ability to look down at my phone. I'm more listening than anything. So I watch stuff that I've seen before is what I do at work. Uh, but one of my watch throughs was at work. But the rest of the times, and I just. I love this episode, and I keep peeling back layers. I, uh, I'll bring it up a little bit later because there is a question I want to ask you guys if you guys noticed. Watching it for the fifth time today, I caught something that I didn't catch the first four times through. And the fourth time, I caught something I didn't catch the first three times through. I mean, it's just I keep finding stuff in this episode, and oh, I can't wait for the rest of the season. They're packing so much in, and I am just I'm loving it so far. Yes, there were a lot of twists and turns, some of them unexpected, some of them completely expected. If you listen to any of our previous episodes, you'll know some of the quote-unquote twists are things that have been uh, theorized and predicted for a while, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of the twists and turns, quote-unquote, were fairly expected, but still done in such an amazing way that I still loved it, even though I was like, yep, saw that coming, but I still love it. So that's my general take. We can get into the details now. As soon as as soon as soon Lorca said at the beginning of the episode, when they're all kind of speculating where they're at, there's like, maybe we're not in our universe. And I'm like, oh, it's the mirror universe. I guess I got chills. <laughs> Even today, watching it the fifth time, I got chills when he said that. You know, they're like, like, well, but that doesn't make sense. This can't be. He goes, unless we're not in our universe. I'm like, oh, like, oh, still. Mm. Anyways. Okay. Yeah, because he's the one that brought him there. <laughs> like, 
all signs point to Lorca being near Lorca, just trying to get back home. Well, right? yeah, I, I want to talk about that because that is one of the uh, prevailing fan theories right now. But there's so much. That's all. Oh, there's so many things in this episode that uh, uh, point okay. to that. Aaron, being... start going down the points. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about all of them. All right. So this is a direct continuation from the previous episode. We have a Vulcan rebel ship that attacks the Discovery. Here's here, here's point number one, where you could say there are two things that happen in this scene that point to one one thing points to Lorca not being mirror Lorca and knowing what's what's up with this universe already. And another thing that points to maybe he does know what's up with this universe already. That's why I'm saying there's so much in this episode. Like you can you can you can twist it either way. When the Vulcan ship appears, if he's mirror Lorca, he knows that, that that ship is probably not expecting him to be the captain of that ship. Yet the first thing he does is still open hailing frequencies. So well, he tells him he tells him that, and then he goes red alert, raise shields. As soon as, but that was after right. they were charging their weapons. So at that point, you can think one of two things: either okay, he knows that they don't like us and they're going to fire on us, or he's just like being a smart captain, being like, okay, we didn't detect any power signatures. There's no one else here. Right. The only person they could be shooting at is us. My, you know, it doesn't hurt us to raise our shields. <laughs> so uh, I'm thinking, you know, that could just be a natural wartime captain's response. There's a ship right there powering weapons, and we don't know for sure if it's on our side or not. Raise shields. That's just smart. But you could also look at that and say, he knows. He knows they're going to shoot at him, so he raises the shields. Could go either way. So, like I said, oh, so many layers. Like, you can you can pick this apart in so many different ways. It's so fantastic. And, and oh, Jason Isaac's performance in this episode, amazing. Oh, I, I died when he did the Scottish Engineer. I, it was so great. It was so it was fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> great, great callback to Scotty, yeah. for sure. Here's our chief engineer. Oh, oh, but the and I'll talk about it a little bit more as we go to each point. But the performances, acting wise, in this episode, oh, this phenomenal this episode is is one of the but, best acted. They, oh. they are totally in their element right now, and nothing I disliked about the episode had anything to do with the acting. The acting was on point. It really was. I mean, there were so many just little subtle moments that lesser actors wouldn't have hit and they did it so perfectly. There's a couple in particular that I want to talk about when we get to get to those scenes. But um yeah, but in general, Jason Isaacs and uh Mary Wiseman just freaking killed it in this episode. Like mm-hmm. especially those yeah. two. Everybody did a f- am- amazing job, but those two in particular stole the show for sure. Right. I agree. Uh, next, we have scans show that the quantum signature of the universe was different than their own. And so far, also, all the continuity is is on point with the prime universe, because these are facts that we already know. And I'm sure any well-versed Trekkie was like, oh, my God, mirror universe instantly. Yeah. Whereas someone like my wife, who hasn't seen all of Star Trek and might not know what the mirror universe is. Like I was like freaking out and she had no idea why I was freaking out, (laughs) but they, they did such a good way of informing older fans. Look, this is what's going on, but still making it sound vague enough because our characters don't know 
this universe. Right. And so they're discovering it <laughs> through, you, did there. <laughs> you know, with, with the, with the viewers that are new to the franchise, maybe. Whereas for us seasoned veterans, we're like, Oh my God, you idiots. You're in the mirror universe. Holy crap. <laughs> How can you not know? Oh, that's right. Technically nobody has, yeah. n- nobody in your universe has crossed over yet in this timeline. Now the mirror universe knows that the other universe exists already at this right. point. We know that from, from uh, Enterprise, which is another question. I'm like, they say the faceless emperor. I'm like, technically, unless she was assassinated, if she was smart, yeah. it still could be Emperor Sato. I mean, she'd be old as dirt. She'd be it's 15 old years. As <laughs> it's, it's, it's been what? It's supposed to be how many years from? Oh, you know what? I'm like a hundred. I'm, I'm backwards. I'm backwards. It's like 90, it's ninety years. I'm going she, backwards. She'd be like, like hundred thirty at that point. <laughs> Or, or Maybe that's why she's faceless. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, her face fell off. That's what happened. <laughs> her face fell off. You don't know. You Next don't. Up. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you never know. Actually, there were. I think um, I read somewhere someone mentioned that they could be clones. Like in a novelization, there were clones of Sato, which uh, became the emperor. That would be one way to maintain power: to keep cloning yourself and you know into Ooh. younger bodies. Especially if they never got rid of genetic engineering, like uh, from the augments. Yeah, right. Why? Why would they? I mean, in this universe, that would be like completely acceptable. Like the idea. Right. Of and super there were soldiers. probably like a hundred cons. So, (laughs) next up, we have here, Tyler uses a worker bee, which is equipped with an augmented reality-slash-holographic interface to extract the computer core from the wreckage. I love the visuals for this. Absolutely. It was so cool. Yeah, and again, this is one of those things, yes, some of the purists are going to complain, oh, they shouldn't have that technology. We're so many years before even Kirk. and Who cares? The the point is that we're seeing a future version of where we're supposed to be today. It doesn't make sense to hold back technology that we're already using today. We already use some augmented reality. We have games on our phones that use augmented reality for crying out loud the idea that spaceships wouldn't use it to to control a piloting arm or a laser come on like i fully accept that it doesn't jive necessarily with the original series as far as graphics and technology and stuff but i'm also perfectly 100 percent okay with it because yeah. it's a new story they're telling it's it's okay guys you don't have to cling to uh, once again i have to say if they literally made a show right now and asked you to pay ten dollars a month to watch it that had tos graphics and technology would you and I think the resounding answer would be no from 99% of everyone. I think I would still pay for it, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I mean, if, if it was New Trek, I'd. But, but we are kind of in the minority when it comes to the general fan base because <laughs> well, we're, we're super fans when it comes to this kind of stuff. But the general public is not going to, to pay to see that type of production value, you know? And that's why I think that I'm perfectly okay with that part of it. And like I said, the visual, like, you, you know, the visuals were, were on point. It looked good. And the important part of that scene was not the 
whether or not the worker bee had augmented reality to to do that. The important part was Tyler going through some stuff. Yeah, he just seen some flashes of bodies in space and some light flashes, and all of a sudden he's freaking out. I mean, the 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 PTSD that was being displayed. I'm glad that they're doing it in a way that's realistic and man it looks really rough what he's going through like they did a really good job and um you know that's credit to the actor as well for doing an amazing performance and and capturing the pain and anguish that he was going through throughout this episode it's fantastic oh absolutely and yeah you see so so you see him seeing these flashes of memory. And again, all we're seeing is, you know, he's on uh, some sort of surgical table. They're doing all sorts of things to him. And it's very hard to see if it's surgery, like an actual, you know, surgery with a purpose, or if it's just torture, if it's just, here's how we're going to inflict pain. And, you know, a lot of times with physical torture, you know, such as that, a lot of it is mental. You know, you're not cutting somebody just because the cut hurts. You're cutting them because to see yourself bleed and to see yourself not be able to be in control of it is a psychological torture as well. So, you know, you're still in the dark at this point. We're still very much in the dark as to whether or not we're seeing surgery, quote unquote, performed or just straight up torture. But all he's getting are these flashes and it is messing him up. Yeah. And during these experiments, uh, these episodes that he's having, Burnham walks him through it and that draws attention from Lorca. Yeah, and Lorca once again proving that her. he is um, probably the smartest man in most rooms and the fact that he picks up on stuff that other people didn't really seem to be picking up on. Like everybody else seemed to ex- accept the, oh, well, the yeah, the navigation's a little off because of the waveform analysis of the vector of the uh, transdermal um, wavefront and something, something, you know, everybody else is like, yeah, yeah, cool, whatever. Lorca's like, the heck's up with this guy, <laughs> you know? It, again, credit to the actors in this scene. They all did a fantastic job of portraying what was going on. And, you know, Lorca coming up to, to Michael afterwards and being like, he's safe now. It's okay. But you need to calm down. <laughs> yeah. So now that we have the data core, we know that the Vulcans, Andorians, and Klingons are in a get alliance against the Terran Empire. Yeah, we finally Which, get again, to... it, it tracks to the original series, Mirror Mirror. It tracks with Enterprise because we saw um, Vulcans and Andorians serving on uh, Starf or Empire ships at the time, but there was that building, uh, that building resistance going on. And finally, we get the brief, briefest glimpse of an Andorian with actual antennae, and I had to freeze frame it a few times, but <laughs> it's there, and it's spectacular. <laughs> and we, we even got one. There, there's one walking in the preview for next week. Yep. So, yep. yeah, <clears throat> we at least see the back of an Andorian next next episode. <laughs> um, we saw the uh, body, the augmented uh, body of uh, of an Andorian in this episode for just a moment. The very first time I watched this episode. So when they flashed the Vulcan, I thought it was Sarek for just a second. I was like, wait, what? I, yeah, then, you it know, did look like him for a second. Yeah, I'm for like, just a brief, the briefest of moments, I was like, oh, dang, like that doesn't make any sense. But And then, of course, we know that it's not because when they show it a little bit more closely, you're like, oh, okay, no, it's just 
random Vulcan. It's not Sarek. And we do see Sarek is appearing in an upcoming episode because we saw that in the trailer as well. So we know it's not him dead in that ship. And, and he had a goatee. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. He had the spot goatee. I love it. I love it. Well, Saval had the goatee, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, I oh, I can't wait for the rest of this season because I, I just can't wait to see how they play with these characters and how they twist them and turn them. And I love the way that they're twisting them. They're not just the straight opposites. You know, we've always seen with the Mirror Universe, it's always been just kind of a, a straight opposite. Like, okay, this guy's a nice guy, so he's a mean guy. And this, it's not just that. They're really playing with the aspirations of the characters as being kind of from the same base. They're showing how mm-hmm. one person can start with the same basic ideals and goals and then split off as to how they achieve them. You know, we see with, with Captain Killy, we see how... You're like, we know that Tilly wants to be a captain. She said so. But we know that in the Prime Universe, she is she wants to go through it the right way. She's going to go through the academy. She's going to graduate. She's going to get herself promoted. She's going to work hard. She's going to do what it takes to become a captain eventually. Whereas the Tilly in the alternate universe, you know, murdered and, and <laughs> whatever she had to do to get her way up to the top. But we see that the, the character base started out the same and we can see how it twists as the environment twists. Yeah. Oh, I just love this episode so much that little things like that, like you see <laughs> how these characters were the same at one point and somehow split in, in yeah. these different universes as opposed to just being an opposite. We we see how they are the same as well as how they are different, which is so fantastic in the storytelling. I love it. Yeah. No, I agree. I feel like the original series Mirror Universe, the characters were pretty flat. Right. And even in DS9, they did like, I don't know, like 15 Mirror Universe episodes. I'm exaggerating (laughs) a little bit. A little bit. Uh, Very little. (laughs) That's the thing. You're uh, exaggerating very little. I I felt those characters were pretty flat, too. Yeah, it it really was just kind of just a complete opposite. And while that's fine for a Mirror Universe, I do like the idea of seeing how they got there. And we're getting glimpses of that based on how we know these characters and what their goals and aspirations are. You know, we know that Burnham wanted her own command. We know that Tilly wants her own command. And, you know, we we see these things, you know, of what we know of these characters, even of even though we haven't officially met or maybe we have, we don't know yet, Mirror Lorca, the idea that a mirror version of Lorca tried to overthrow the Emperor doesn't seem that far-fetched because, again, you know he wants to achieve. And so a mirror version of himself, even if it is for sure the prime Lorca that we're seeing here, and we'll just assume that for the sake of this particular argument. We're not going into the theories right now. Just for the sake of this argument, let's say that all of our characters are prime characters. Nobody from the mirror universe is over in the prime universe. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know, we speculated before, you know, are we going to find out that mirror Lorca is a really nice guy because our Lorca's a bag of dicks? No. Uh, in this case, it's just he's a bigger bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he's willing to go that extra mile. Like, you know, yeah, our Lorca is willing to bend the rules and twist things a little bit and maybe occasionally step over that, you know, step a toe over that line. Well, Mirror Lorca would just be walking over that line, walking past it, walking over the next line, going to the next one after that, and just, just keeps on going. And if that includes all the way up to trying to overthrow the Emperor... Well, hey, that makes sense. I, I love what they're doing with this because it still plays with us in just the right ways to be like, 
okay, this this could be, you know, we've got these wild theories and, you know, we had these wild theories before about, oh, is, is, is Vogue Tyler? You know, what? No, that would be crazy. But all signs point to yes. And now we're like pretty much, it's, he's definitely a sleeper Klingon agent of some sort. 100%. We know that. Whether he is specifically voice of Volk. Yeah, whether he is specifically now now the question remains, is it Volk's personality put on top of Tyler's and and hidden to to come out when it needs to no. or is it no. physically changed oh, Vogue yeah. with Tyler's personality put on top to pass until he's awakened? That's my theory. I think I'm going with number two. I'm also going with number two. Um, I think the original Ash Tyler was someone they found at the Battle of the Binary Stars and decided to just drain his soul or personality engrams or whatever, maybe hack off his skin and take his organs. Mm -hmm. And I think because we know that Lowell said that uh, Voke needed to sacrifice everything, Mm -hmm. and that meant including his own body. When... Colbert was saying that he was like flayed open and his femur was extracted and like all this stuff. I'm thinking because Voke is like a Klingon, he's taller, they're more muscular. I think they were stripping down Voke and just putting the personality of Tyler and maybe putting his skin and organs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the base is Voke. So I think it's Voke. I think Tyler is the personality in Graham. Yeah. And it's it's scary because it's like, my God, like, they're so... And and who knows what the Laurel's house, uh, the, the Mokai house, has up their sleeves because they, they said that they're the deceptors. <laughs> they, they're in the shadow. So the fact that they probably had hundreds of years to perfect a spy technique, which basically means like ruining your own body to uh, to blend in with humanity or, or whoever alien species you're spying on. That's insane. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. And I think the, the clues are exactly what you said. The fact that Culber said they shortened your radius, they shortened your femur, they shortened your spine, like they literally made him smaller. Well, obviously his previous medical scans, you know, Tyler's, the, the real Tyler, whoever he was, would have been on file. If he came back from Klingon prison ship shorter and smaller than he had been before, I think that would have been flagged. They, they would know. They yeah. would have been like, hey, weren't you 6'5 last time you were here? What's going on? Like, it would have been, you know, it would have been flagged. So obviously the shortening procedures were due to needing to make Voke or whoever he is, whatever, Voke. Right. Um, so I, <laughs> needing to make Voke the right size to be Tyler. And I was also thinking that Klingon bones might look different than human bones. So I was well, thinking they, they were they'd have to like shave. And oh yeah, that's why that's why Colbert mentioned um oh god, what was it? The the bone density thing or like the uh, the marrow reduction. It, it was yeah. something along those lines. And I'm like, "Oh my god, because he's a freaking Klingon." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, we had we had question in the past you know obviously the th- the running theory for quite a while has been that tyler is vote and of course there's been things pointing against that all along right. but there's always been the the possibility still 
And the biggest thing pointing against that was the fact that he had undergone medical scans which showed him to be human. You know, we obviously knew that. And the fact that, you know, well, he needed a special device to go on the Klingon ship and change his signature to read as as Klingon. Well, he wouldn't need that if he were Klingon, right? So, you know, whatever. So there's these these little things that they've tried to sprinkle in to kind of deceive us like here's here's the reasons why that might not be, but we're really See, opening it up now. Even though we all kind of figured that this was the running theory, when Laurel recited the Klingon prayer, it was still shocking as all hell to me even though i knew this was coming it was the way that they revealed it yeah and we're getting so late into the season now i'm like well is this something that they're they're saving on to and i get it this is the 10th episode 10 out of 15 the way that they've been building the story the reveals are not when you expect them so i really have to give the writers props for developing a really great ongoing serialized story and god when he when his voice just switched over to vokes Mm -hmm. i i I had chills it was shocking as hell uh, it was very exciting. It really was. And my favorite part of that scene is when, you know, like he switches over. He's like, boom, he's Vogue. And he's reciting the prayer. And he's like there. And I'm like, oh, they've woken him up. And then he like the moment when he like shakes it off. Laurel's like, the heck just happened here? Like, you have no, 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 game? no. That's not so, like, wait a minute. No, that was supposed to wake you up. You what? What's happening here? Like she was legitimately shook up because it didn't fully work. Like she was like, this was supposed to be the moment that you become the person that you are, and we start taking over the ship or doing whatever the end game is. Like she was legit shocked that it didn't. Right. Boom. The the acting again, once again, the acting in the scene, both from him and from her, the back and forth with him, like he's he's Klingon, no, he's not. He's Klingon, no, he's not. And like freaking and, out and, and like, what did you do to me? Awkward. Like he he almost wants to kiss her and yeah, he's oh, like choking just... her and like I'm gonna kill you, but. I'm getting really close and I'm like, oh, this seems familiar. And I'm uh, just absolutely brilliant, both in the writing and the acting of this scene. And, you know, in the end when she's like, all right, well, it didn't work this time, but you'll come back to me. You know, like she's like, okay, you know, she was shook for a minute, but then she kind of like, it's okay. We'll figure this out. Um, I don't think she has any idea yet that they're in an alternate universe. Like who would have gone down to the brig and told them, oh, hey, guys, by the way, uh, just so you know. You know, nobody's nobody's taking time out of their day to go tell the prisoners in the brig that they're in an alternate universe. <laughs> you and know, I like that no one else is there watching. Yeah, well, well, he's chief of security, so as chief of security, he does have that. They should have one person stationed at you all would, times, especially for such a high value prisoner. You would think I mean, that there is always some random ensign. I, I'm in willing any other series always on station at the brig. Yeah. It's brig duty. Yeah, absolutely. But I am willing to accept that he ordered that person out of the room for the moment or that in the chaos of them trying to figure out where the heck they are, that that person was assigned other duties for the moment. Like, you know what? We need you figuring out how to, you know, we need you changing these displays over to ISS Discovery right now. We don't have time for you to stand here in this room staring at nothing. Because he's chief of security, 
I'm willing to give that a pass because he would have the rank and privilege to be able to order somebody out of the room if he needed to. What I don't understand is still why don't they have surveillance in a brig on a starship at this point? Like, seriously, nobody's thought of just putting a camera in there? Apparently the, the Klingons and Federation don't. So yeah, there you prison's go. got cameras everywhere and none of you all thought to put a camera in the room? Come on. <laughs> Other than that, I'm willing to give it a pass because of his rank on the ship, because he's been given the rank of chief of security. He would have that power to be able to, like, you get the heck out of here. I need to talk to the prisoner alone. So I'm, I'm okay with that part of it. But yeah, this that scene is just so powerful in so many ways because, you know, obviously we get the big reveal. And again, it's one of those quote unquote twists that we were kind of expecting already anyway. We've discussed it in length over many episodes about how this is probably where this is going. We find out, and yet the scene is still shocking and powerful, even though it's something that we've basically been thinking the entire time. That's how good it is. That's another reason why I love this episode. Even when we have seen something coming, it still manages to shock us. Right. So, but let's move on from the uh, Vogue Tyler reveal here. We have Tilly. Uh, oh, yes. We find out that she's captain of the ISS Discovery. This is uh, another one that. of those brief moments where the whole uh, Lorca being Mira Lorca doesn't fit. Like there's a hint here that that theory could be wrong because when they show the thing up on the screen and it shows that she's Captain Tilly. Mirror Lorca would know that Captain Tilly exists and that she's been in the, the that that she's a thing. And he looks at it and that's absurd. And that's we'll what he see. says. And he, he looks at like it seems it, legitimate. It seems like a legitimate response. Now it could be cover, obviously, but yeah. it seemed legitimate. Like like he legitimately thought that was absolutely absurd. So just a little another counterpoint to the possible theory, which by the way I actually subscribe to personally. So I'm I'm pointing out the counterpoints to my own theory here. See, I, I would assume that he was doing that to throw people off. And I think the only reason why Tilly is on the ship is because Lorca knew that he needed her on the ship. Because why else would you have a cadet on the only cadet on this ship? Yeah, that is definitely a valid point to the theory. And again, that's one of those things where you could look at it both ways. You know what I'm saying? It's like you could say it was just a smoke screen. He said that's absurd to be a cover because he he wants everybody to think how absurd he thinks this is. It seemed fairly legitimate to me. But at the same time, we know that Mirror Lorca would have to be a fantastic actor to have gotten as far in the prime universe as he has. Well, hey, he's so, already a fantastic actor if he can spout a perfectly good Scottish uh, <laughs> accent. So yeah, I, I was expecting when they when they when he came online and they're like disguise your voice. I'm like, oh, we're going to hear Jason Isaac's normal voice is what we're going to hear. And then he did the Scottish brogue instead. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I thought I he was love, just going to talk to himself. Love the look. I love the look that Detmer and uh, share. <laughs> <laughs> between each other i cannot i cannot pronounce her name like i i i i don't uh, i i don't know i'm not gonna try she she's got the cool hair but the look that they share and it's it's all those subtle touches like and and the look that detmar gave tilly when they answered that hail and she's like what what the heck what what the hell Heck hell! Uh, I and she's just looking. Uh, Detmer's just looking back at her, like, "Are you serious right now?" It's perfect. I love everyone's reactions 
to that. I was busting up, up laughing because it's totally Tilly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tilly absolutely stole the show in this episode. And this was one of those moments where she really did because it was it was that moment where she's thrust into this situation where she's trying to pretend to be this person that she doesn't even know. She, you know, based on at this point, she hasn't even been given the background of Captain Killy. Right. She only knows that she's captain and evidently she has straight blonde hair instead of curly red hair on this. You know, that's the only difference she knows. So they... Well, her, her mom would approve. I love yeah. that line too. <laughs> I'm assuming that her mom just always wanted her to straighten her hair or, or something, yeah. you know, or, or bleach it or whatever. Whatever it was, she's like, my mom would approve. I was like, what? <laughs> would she approve of that uh, 100 kill badge you've got uh, pinned to your chest there? Or uh, what exactly? Exactly, is it that she would approve of? I love the fact that the mirror universe essentially has achievements. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Achievement unlocked. It feels like Call of like you get a Call of Duty badge. I and I loved love 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 that After Track does the behind the scenes stuff because they showed that Illustrator graphic of the different badges yeah. and like Master of Poisons and. A hundred kills, five hundred kills. It's awesome. It it's totally like a Call of Duty thing, and I yeah. love that they're really playing on that mirror universe brutality that people will kill you for your position and they'll have no qualms about it. I love that they award that and that's on their uniforms. And by the way, those uniforms are freaking fantastic. Oh my gosh. Absolutely amazing. If I had the money, I would so be planning a mirror discovery cosplay right now. I don't have that kind of cash, unfortunately, because I can imagine that would be a pretty penny to put together, but I would be all over that for a con or something. Yeah, th those uniforms were, were awesome. And speaking about the uniforms, I love Lorca's plan. And again, it's, you know, out of uh, necessity, it's out of survival. I love that they do this montage of changing the ship. And you see the robots repainting the registry number. Yep. They're handing out the badges. All these amazing little details are changing the computer displays. And that that final shot where it's on the bridge and everyone's at their stations and you're like holy crap they actually pulled it off like it looks fantastic yeah it it's just really cool to see them embracing it and you're like okay here's how we're going to try to survive in this universe we've got to blend in you know we're not going to this isn't our universe where if somebody popped in from another universe, we'd be like, hey, you know, it looks like you're out of place. How can we help you find your way home? No, he's like, there's, there's no asking these neighbors for a cup of sugar. That's not going to be a thing that happens. If they discover who we are, they're that's going a, to kill us. That's such a great line, too. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's fantastic. Great lines. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it is amazing, but it is yet another pointer. This is one of those things that could definitely point to... They could only gather so much knowledge from the data core of a rebel ship. Remember, they, they got all this from the rebel core of an opposing ship. And that's the one thing. Like, you, I know you said you had complaints. I have one complaint, and that is that I feel they got too much detailed information from the data core of an opposing ship. I'm imagining, like, what if somebody captured even any Enterprise? Pick an Enterprise. If you capture that and got their computer core... Would it have the the exact crew manifest of every ship of the opposing fleet? 
Probably, Probably not. <laughs> I think they would. I, I doubt they would have that detailed of information. Like, they might know, they might have intelligence as to who the captains are. I, they might have, I, you know... My thought was that it is a rebel ship, and maybe they got lucky and did some reconnaissance, and they downloaded another ship's memory core. Yeah. I, and that's I've, how they got... Terran Empire records. Yeah, so I'm willing I definitely to let think... it go. I'm not. This isn't a sticking right. point for me, but it is one of those things where it's like, mm, it seems like they got just a little bit too inf- much information from a source they probably wouldn't have had that much information. You know, the specific details of how Captain Tilly became captain and her those things. Okay. Yeah, they would probably have information on the captains of the ships that they were fighting against. But would they have all the specific information? Like, they had ensigns on the bridge with specific badges and stuff. Would they Would they have had that? Would they have known who this person... Like, I'm wondering if maybe, and I, it would be great, if at some point maybe there's a little slip-up somewhere where somebody looks at somebody and says, Hey, you haven't earned that badge. Like, why, why do you have that? Or why don't you have... You should have a 50 kills badge. Where's your 50 kills badge? Because they didn't have that information in the data core that they stole. So like somebody, maybe just a little slip up here and there, maybe it's not a big trip up or something, but I would like to see that just to kind of remind us that this information was gathered from the opposing forces data, not from directly from the, the core. Now, obviously now that Burnham is on the Xinjiang and has the ability to, you know, in theory, get the more detailed information, they should be able to correct everything. But yeah, that's my literally my one complaint about this episode when I was watching it was like, would they have had all that? I don't know. I was I was okay with it. Yeah, I, I was fine with that. <laughs> See, that. That's that's hilarious to me. You guys are like, I have complaints about this episode. And I'm like, I do. I have one too. Here it is, and you're like, yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it can just be so hand wavy explained. I mean, the the, the Vulcan uh, rebel ship could have been doing re- reconnaissance and came across because that was a pretty big ship's graveyard. Yeah, and I wouldn't doubt if there was a Terran ship that was. Uh, destroyed in that. And because the Vulcan rebel ship just popped up so suddenly, I think they were already there and, you know, doing some intelligence gathering or whatever it is. But I I think it's, it's fair to say that they got that information from another ship in their own mission or whatever. I'm my, my theory right now is that that Vulcan ship was somewhere nearby and saw, or at least sensed the, the change. That the fact that, right. like, hey, wait a minute, a ship blinked out of existence for a second, then re-blinked into existence, and it's resonating a different quantum signature than everything else in our universe. What the heck? And that's when they decided to go back and check it out, and they saw, hey, the shields are down. Like, hey, let's let's shoot at this. Um <laughs> Like, whether or not it's ours or not, let's shoot at this. Let's see what we can do. And that's when, you know, things went down. So I'm wondering. Is anyone else freaking out that the freaking real ISS Discovery is possibly in the Prime Universe causing some shit right now? Yeah, that could be bad. I'm not so worried about that, honestly. I think they're going to explain it away the way they did. I I think they're going to basically do it exactly the way they did in TOS with how the mirror people were discovered almost instantly because it's a lot easier for a regular person to act as a savage than it is for a savage to act as a regular person. Because you think about it, if they switched places, 
the ISS Discovery popped into existence right in front of a starbase. Oh, right, right, right. That's so true. they're That's not true. they they didn't have a chance to hide. You know, they're like, boom, we're here, and like they're going to be trying to figure out what the heck happened. Where am where are we? And there's here's the Federation. Now here's the thing about the Federation, though. First response from the Federation is going to be like, hey, how can we help? Can we get you back home? Like, let's yep. figure out how to like. So that could be what's going on in Prime Universe right now. Is they could be trying to pretend to be nice just to to have the help to get home. I don't think they're out there wreaking havoc or that's something that we would have heard about beforehand. You know, if if they if they make that part of the storyline, then we're going to be wondering like, "Hey, how how come TOS didn't know about the the this yeah, mirror yeah. universe if they uh, had existed and re- wreaked havoc?" So I think they were probably like, "Boom, right there." Starbase is like, "Hey, you're not you're not supposed to be here. Like, who are you?" and like tries to help them get home or whatever and then the the files are all classified for whatever reason. I don't know. Right, we'll figure it out. It's not necessarily given that it is in the prime universe right now no but just going on what we've had before there's such a strong connection between these two universes where else would they go you know what i mean yeah that that is the one thing that has always bugged me about all of the mirror universe episodes is the fact that we always seem to be tied back to this same mirror universe and the fact that this same mirror universe seems to keep mirroring, you know, to for lack of a better term, our progression, even though the idea is that they split off way before us. So they should be getting differenter and differenter, which are words. Trust me. Believe me. Those right. are words. Well, um, see, that was, that was my <laughs> question. Is the ISS Discovery, does that have a spore drive? I wouldn't think that they would there has been no mention data. at all. That's one thing no, that I, I was I scoured the episode for to see if there was any mention of a spore drive by the mirror people in any way, it, shape, or see, form, and there was that not. That makes me wonder why would they design a ship that looked like Discovery if they didn't have a spore drive? It is it is interesting because for the one reason that they made that specific saucer spinning action as a supposed you know excess energy whatever dissipation i think they called it what, what did they call it when in the one episode when they when they started the disc spinning it was it was for uh, excess uh, energy like they had like we've yeah. got too much energy what do we do with it i don't know we'll make this thing spin okay it looked cool and i was okay with that but yeah it does raise the question like if that wasn't specifically designed for the spore drive was it designed for a different experiment that they had on board that got scrapped mm. in place of the support drive. Or maybe the ISS discovery looks a little bit more like it did in the original teaser. Oh yeah. Maybe it's the same basic shape. I, I don't know, but I, I, I don't want to go into all those little details. I, I don't think um, we're going to find out into it, anything right? about the ISS discovery in the prime universe. Honestly, I don't think they're going to even get into that. I don't think we're going to see – if anything, it's going to be a mention in a log somewhere. That's. Oh. I think that's all they're going to give us, honestly. Didn't um, didn't Lorca say when they first got there, he's like, wait, this is on Organia? Like, I, I like that mention. Yeah, they're, like – That's where the no... Starbase was supposed to be orbiting, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no battles this close to Organia or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really love that throwback, which is another planet that's tied to uh, the Vulcan, or the Vulcan, the Federation uh, Klingon uh, conflict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in this universe, Burnham is presumed dead. 
she was captain of the Shen Zhao, and Lorca was supposed to be her killer. And Lorca attempted the coup to overthrow the savage, faceless emperor. Which we know Burnham is tied to um, Giorgio in our universe. And we know that Michelle Yeoh is coming back at some point. <laughs> so connecting the dots, she might be the emperor. And the emperor would give Burnham the the captaincy that she always wants. Like, oh, here's my old ship. You've <laughs> you've been at my side this entire time, and you've done all this great work to make me emperor. Here is your prize. Like, See, I like that line of thinking. Right. One thing that's going to be really messed up is Burnham is probably going to be face to face with her. Oh my god, that's going to be such a dramatic well-acted moment by Sinequa Barn-Green. Like, come on. the the She would, like, almost instantly break down. Yeah, I, I mean... I, I mean, she would be messed up. Like, the whole thing with Voke and Tyler alone right. is gonna F her up huge. Yeah. And and the whole time, I'm like, I'm like, mm, don't kiss him, don't. And, and they were kind of doing that, too. Like, they were just, like, holding hands and, and doing that. And I'm like, no, don't don't do it with him. Don't do it. Oh, God. Oh, God. But like, the whole time, the whole time things were going down, I'm like, nope, don't do it. He's a Cleon. You don't like him. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's, it's painful to watch that, knowing what we know. Right, knowing that what we know now. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. up until this point, you kind of... It's fine. Yeah, it's fine, and you're kind of rooting for this. Yeah. And now we're at a turning point where we're like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I think it's going to be, honestly, this whole... Uh, the, the, the thing between... Uh, Burnham and Giorgio. That's going to be more intensive for Burnham, I think, than than the Vogue Tyler thing. I think the Vogue Tyler thing is going to be most impactful on Vogue Tyler. Because I think my theory, my running theory right now, is that the reason the prayer didn't work is because Tyler has fallen in love with Michael. Because he has a strong emotional connection to the person that he should hate the most as Vogue. The yes. person who killed yeah. his savior is now the person that he loves. So these conflicting emotions are what's really just frying his brain right now. That's the reason, I think, personally, that the prayer didn't work, that it didn't snap him out of it. Because now he wants to be Tyler too much because he has this feeling of love. And I want I want Tyler's, like, quote-unquote personality engrams to be so strong that I really hope they beat this Vogue thing. And I hope Tyler almost resurrects and becomes Tyler for good. Yeah. Even though he might have some Klingon stuff floating around in his body. Like, <laughs> I just want there to be a happy ending. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Give us a little bit. Well, Give us just maybe, a little bit. <laughs> maybe the mirror Tyler is an okay guy. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to rely on these mirror people come on, come on. I, I don't want to do a, a mirror exchange program okay <laughs> I mean, that's what we need 
That's what we need right now. <laughs> maybe Smurf maybe that's what we... they need to do. You know, they they did it with the Klingons in Next Generation. They should do it with Mirror Universe here. You know, be like, okay, you get to come over and be the first officer of our ship for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Where they would immediately murder the captain. Um, so, and be like, oh, that didn't work. <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> Lesson learned, guys. Don't bring over a first officer from the Mirror Universe. They will murder your captain every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Along with the information that we gather, Lorca discovers that a ship has entered the Mary Universe from the Prime Universe in the past, the USS Defiant. I loved it until they showed the f- design of the f- <laughs> And then I was like, what have you done with the Constitution? And it's not like they said, oh, well, they heavily altered a Constitution class. It was just like, nope, it's the Constitution class. I'm like, no! But (laughs) I I was freaking out about that a little bit. And then I remembered, thanks to you, Aaron, that the Defiant was intact when Sato took over Earth. And because it was so advanced, that's what she used to harm as power became the empress yeah in a hundred years yeah they would shave away at the hole and add bibbly bops and phase cannons <laughs> on the pylons and all sorts of crazy crap and, um, and also remember i just that... didn't i just didn't like that they weren't that they didn't mention like oh wow it seems like they heavily uh modified this uss defiant yeah, it would have been a nice line to, to throw in there. Be like, oh, it looks like it's been modified since, you know. But also keep in mind we are looking at just literally a wire form of the of the ship. And yeah, from there's so much that they change. And look at the source <laughs> as well. We're not looking at the complete records. We're looking at what little bit we're we're talking about. They know I mean they have to hatch this whole plan to infiltrate the Shenzhou just because these particular details are classified. So what they're getting is just a a tiny little piece of whatever the rebellion has been able to steal. They don't have the full records. They've got and they may have had to extrapolate. They may have had to be like, okay, we've got a little piece, we've got a little bit of a design here. We tried to fill in the gaps how we would fill in the gaps. And so it changes. So again, that was a point that I looked at it and I was like on the one hand, okay, is this just a design change they're doing because everything's changing slightly for Discovery? Or is this, are they going to specifically explain these design changes? Or is this just an issue with, you know, where they got the data? And we're not going to find out until we see, uh, or if we sure. see, the actual files on the Defiant that Burnham is able to discover. Oh my, oh my God, what if we actually see the Defiant in Discovery? And it's the the same old Constitution class that we know, <laughs> but with updated, like, visual effects. That would be effing amazing. That would be like the Trek cherry on top of the Discovery Sunday for me. <laughs> Yeah, it would be would be pretty awesome. I fundable. I have a feeling that the whole Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the dumb cherry on my weird cupcake action figure. Come on. <laughs> um I I mean that would be awesome, but my thought process is that we're probably not going to actually see the Defiant. And my and I base this on a little bit on the fact that we see from future episode clips the you know the 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 in the next time on even though they say next time 
and it's not always clips from the very next episode. Sometimes it's episodes right. two or three out, and we see that they put Stamets back in the box. Now, whether he's conscious of it or not, I didn't really see his eyes, whether or not they were glazed over or not, but we see they try the spore drive again. So if they found the Defiant and figured out how to get back via that technology, they wouldn't be trying that again. So I'm thinking that they they never get to the Defiant, that this is just a, a, a mission that they're on, but that they, that they never quite get to. Personally, who I don't know. You know, I'm not a writer mm-hmm. on the show. I have no inside knowledge. I'm just guessing based on the little clips that we've seen that the Defiant, other than as a reason to get Burnham onto the Shenzhou as the mirror captain, I, I think that storyline isn't going any further, quite honestly. Right, and the Enterprise, uh, not Enterprise, the Defiant ends up in the past mirror universe because of the uh, Tholians. The right. Tholians are probably destroyed or under some kind of subject, subjugation of the Empire. So they're probably not going to be able to duplicate the same same thing to get them back into the future. Yeah. Of, or not the future, but, you know, back to... And that's uh, the other thing, time. too. If they did duplicate and reverse the process, would that mean they would shoot them into the future? As opposed to, you know, if they did manage to duplicate and reverse how the Defiant came back, would they then go that many years into the future and end up right, so, in, like, next-gen times? Right. <laughs> in which case, why didn't we hear about the discovery in next-gen? Like, hey, a uh, ship from the past just popped into existence. Eh, we don't have time for that. Let's go, uh, let's go check out so this uh, space beast. <laughs> <laughs> let's go check out this... Uh, this uh, yeah, we got to deal with Q. We were dealing with Q that week, so we couldn't deal with the discovery popping into existence, you know, 100 years past its time. <laughs> we couldn't be bothered. Freaking Q, man. So we've mentioned it a couple of times in the episode, but we, we see Agony Boots. Once mm-hmm. uh, Lorca, Bo, not Voke, uh, <laughs> Lorca, Tyler, and Burnham transport all over to the Shenzhou. Now here is here's here's a moment I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I want to know if you guys caught this like I did upon my fifth viewing. <laughs> it took five viewings for me to catch this. But did you notice anything when they transported over to the Shenzhou? Uh <laughs> That it was a new transporter? Well, that, they explained that they weren't using the lateral vector transporter right. anymore. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the way they did the effect. In every, as far as I know, in every episode of every Trek ever, they've shown the people dematerializing on one end and rematerializing on the other. Oh, yeah, yeah. How they... In this case, they, they, they dematerialized the and then the room materialized around them. And I was like, yeah. whoa. Oh, wow. I never know. I didn't notice that. Oh, I have to rewatch. I did. I noticed it on my, on, on my second viewing because I was watching it during lunch and I was, you know, because I knew all the shocking moments already. It's, it's and just, I was like, Oh my God! They did a new way to film how yeah. the transporter. It was just looked. such a subtle little thing. This is what I'm talking about. This shows layers have layers, and so in the mirror universe, when they show transporter effects, the room seems to materialize around the people instead of the other way around. I'm like, but it took me, like I said, it took me five viewings to ch- to catch that. But when I did, I was like, <gasps> whoa! Such a subtle little change, but so wonderful. It was such a well done like shot that I definitely have to praise director Jonathan Frakes. 
oh, for, for that exploits. Because oh, yeah, it the looked scene awesome. Was, the scene was amazing. I mean, having them come over. And again, just before they transport is another one of those brief moments that you could take to to fuel the fan theory that we're running with right now that we're dealing with Mirror Lorca in the Prime Universe to begin with. And that's when he stands on that transporter's pad and says, well, I guess that's the last time you call me Captain. I mean, I mean, I mean, just for now, I hope, you know, like, like he pauses for a moment. Like he says, I guess that's the last time you call me captain. End of sentence. And then they kind of look at him. He's like, I, I, hopefully just for a little while. And like, but as far as the characters, like you could honestly look at that and think the character thinks this is literally the last time they're going to call him captain, you know? So there's that. <laughs> I thought it was pretty interesting that he like smashes his own face into the wall. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like showtime. Uh, which I mean that I mean yeah okay you you want to look like you've been beaten a little bit, but usually that's done with like you know some like maybe you'll go to the doctor and he'll do a little you know a little touch up on you a little bit. Sure. Not like you're gonna just slam your head into into the wall. But but I like that this is a continuation of the fatalistic Lorca that we've come to know these past ten episodes. And yeah, he has no problem hurting himself to look the part. And I, I love that little moment. It was so unexpected. I'm like, oh my god, why did you just slam his oh, okay. To make it look <laughs> believable. But the the fact that that he's always this strategic thinker. And he's always thinking about these little details and uh, he's so complex and he's so smart. And I kind of don't want him to be the mirror. Like I I just want there to be some uh, agenda. Like maybe, maybe he found out about the mirror universe because of, of records or, or some kind of, he heard rumors or something. And that's, that was the perfect chance to use Stamets experiment. I, I like Lorca because he's so unconventional from what we've seen. And I just don't want that unconventionalness to be because he's from the mirror universe. Yeah. Because that means just, well, every Starfleet captain is a spit shoe shine polish kind of guy. <laughs> I like that Lorca's different from other captains. Yeah, I, I don't mind Lorca just being a a product of a wartime captain, you know, and that's right. why he's willing to, to bend the rules a little bit. There are a lot of hints in place that sure. it could be mirror Lorca. And part of that, I mean, we were talking either in the last episode or the previous episode, we were talking about some of the crazy fan theories, like the ridiculous fan theories. And one of those was that right. Lorca was Vogue. and. The reason that they they pointed out is some of the points where they said, well, at this point, you know, he seems to have lost his memory. You know, he's talking to Cornwell and she's like, remember this? And he's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I remember that. That could be an indication. You know, they were saying that that could be an indication that that's where, you know, Vogue took over. And, of course, that theory is ridiculous because, again, if you're Vogue... Once you're in command of the discovery, what's your end game past that? I mean, really, come on. You're, you've you've won. That's it. You've done it. Um, so that theory is dumb. But <laughs> those same points that they were using to point towards that theory could much more easily be pointed towards mirror Lorca theory, because at that point it's like, okay, maybe that's something that mirror Lorca didn't do with Cornwell. 
So he didn't remember that because he didn't remember that. And, you know, so there are little things here or there that could theoretically point to that. Um, one of those things is the fact that, you know, he, he did that to himself, obviously. You know, he wasn't afraid of the pain of smashing his face into the wall a couple of times to, to bloody himself. And then the other thing, and this is something I didn't catch really. I, you know, I'm sure it was meant to be caught the first time, but I didn't catch it the first time. I actually caught it my second time. When they go into the brig and they discover the agony booth for the first time. Now, Burnham is like, the heck is this? Like, holy mm-hmm. crap. Like, I don't think those were in the file because she looked shocked that they existed. And then when they're like, here we go, we're going to put him in. He's like, she's like, no. And he looks at her and he like gives her just this tiniest of head shakes. Like, no, don't fight it. Just let them do what they got to do. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, he knows what these are. And he's like resigning himself to go in one. Um, So that's yet another thing to point towards the fact that maybe, you know, he seemed to know what was up in there more than Mm -hmm. she did. And that's something that if she didn't know those existed, then he shouldn't know in theory. Because he well, shouldn't, I mean, he shouldn't know anything more than she does at this point. It's it, not necessarily that he knew what they were. I, he could just look around and see what was happening to the people in them and know what they were. I think that he just wanted to make sure that, you know, Burnham, don't F this up for us. <laughs> just play along. Right. And, and, right. That's, and that's the exact flip side. Like I said, I... Everything that points to him possibly being Mirror Lorca could also point to him being not Mirror Lorca because if he knew what -hmm. those were for sure, if he knew exactly the details of how they worked, which is something they didn't explain, that for for those people who haven't watched any previous treks for for whom Discovery is actually their first trek, the Agonizer booths are designed in such a way that they actually – they're, they're specifically designed to cause pain in such a way that you never get used to it. You know, most torture, they say, is un- ineffective because eventually you get used to the pain. You become dulled to it. You become, you know, it, yeah, it may still hurt, but it doesn't hurt as much. And anybody who's gone through any type of chronic pain in their life can attest to that fact. Like, I have a bum knee that when it first started acting up was excruciating every day. And now it's like I live with this dull pain in my knee all the damn time. And it only bothers me when it flares up. Like, it's always there, but I've learned to tune it out. The agonizers are specifically designed to attack every different synapse in random patterns so that your body and mind is never able to get used to it. You're always in constant agony. So the flip side, the argument against him being Mirror Lorca is the fact that he was telling Burnham, no, it's okay, I I can handle this, like thinking it was just normal torture where he would be able to overcome it after a time. So he was like, no, it's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll power through it, not knowing what it actually was. Yeah, and we see just the sheer amount of agony. That's how they close out the episode with him screaming. I love the visual effect for it because it looks effing painful. Yeah, you just get this like red lightning kind of just all over and randomly attacking different parts of the body. And we see different people in these booths. What's great about that scene is you see, you know. Obviously, you have regular cells around, too, and you see these people in those cells just kind of pacing because they're like, they know it's they're going to be their turn yep. any moment. And they're just they're just waiting for their turn. And they're like, you know, how are they supposed to sleep with with, you know, two or three people just screaming in agony all through the day and all through the night? You know, there's no there's no shifts. They don't turn it off at night to let you sleep. They just turn the, the agonizer booth on and you just sit in it in pain <laughs> for see, however long. Have- 
in the Murray universe, they have someone watching the brig. Yeah. Yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I know we've, we've already kind of talked about theories and speculation. You know, Giorgio's the emperor. Another one I read online, they're not really in the Mary universe that we've seen before, but one like it. And I think Eric, a, a mirror of a, the mirror. <laughs> yeah. The mirror of the mirror. Eric Berry, you had a, a slight, yes. small convo with someone. Yeah. So I, um, I actually asked Larry Nemechek. I, I, I asked him or there was something like he posted a picture of the badges. It was like a retweet of one of the things I'm like, but the detail I noticed on the badges and the emblems on the ship that even the earth is reverse, like geographically, like the earth is a mirror. And I was thinking, well, is the, is the mirror universe earth really like even the physical earth is geographically flipped. And and he kind of blew my mind, like, with, well, what if this mirror universe is a parallel of the other mirror universe? Like, that kind of hinting at that, and I'm like, whoa! <laughs> so, I, I mean, there's so many crazy alternate universes in Star Trek and quantum realities and timelines and all this stuff. I'm just here for the ride at this point. <laughs> but but a couple other things that um, I just wanted to note real quick. I love that we saw Mirror Shenzu crew from the first couple episodes. We saw the guy who was in Power Rangers and he's back and, and we saw uh, uh, his character's name was Breach Wien. We saw Januzi. So we saw the Shenzu people that we thought we'd never see again after the two episode premiere and they're back in the mirror universe. And it's all those little details, which I absolutely love about this show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fantastic work uh, by the whole cast. I mean, I love that scene. You know, we, we, we didn't talk about the scene specifically, but I, I, I want to bring it mm -hmm. up because we have that fight scene in the turbo lift between Burnham and Connor. That is just absolutely fantastic. And it's, it's something that you, you, you kind of felt was probably coming. And like, you look at the way Connor reacted to Burnham being back. Like, mm -hmm. he's like, oh, crap. Not this again. You know, like, seriously, like, oh, we thought we were rid of you. Like, I thought I was in power now. But okay, you know, after after Captain uh, Killy tells him that he she'd rip out his tongue and lick her boots with them, she, he's like, okay, I'll do what you say. And he's he's having this little speech in the uh, in the turbo lift talking about how like I figured out how to get more respect from this crew. They gave me the respect, yeah, but not enough. They didn't bow deeply enough, he says. And you know he's talking about how he figured out how to get their respect. And I'm like, oh crap, he's going to try to kill her like instantly. And <laughs> you saw in her eyes this this whole scene was so fantastic on so many levels. I, I have to talk about this because not just from the action standpoint. The, the action was fantastic. The choreography of the fight was amazing. The filming of the fight was amazing. The wire work they did when she stopped the turbo lift for a moment so they yeah. flew up and all of that was amazing as well. But the acting, like normally you don't look at a fight yeah. scene and think, okay, how? but but what about the acting? No, the acting in this was amazing because you have that moment where she, he's talking and she's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like I'm so, I'm, I'm very happy for you. Yay. And then she kind of senses oh, the turn. <laughs> yeah, she senses the turn. 
And like you see her, like she gets this look in her eye, like okay, I better be on my guard. And then when he reaches across for his knife, that's when she's like, okay, boom, like it's on. And that's when she starts getting defensive. And they they have the fight. The fight happens and everything. The best part about that scene was the moment when she has to kill him, and she's literally doing it in self defense at this point. She's not killing him because she wants to. She doesn't want to, and that is so apparent on her face. She stabs him, and she's like. I'm yeah. sorry. Like her face just is in agony over what's happening. And he's like, you see, and the credit to the, I, I don't know the actor's name off the top of my head. I'd have to look it out. And I apologize for that. Mr. Uh, Captain Ensign. Connor. Uh, Sam, uh, Sam something or other. <laughs> but, no, I don't no, feel no. bad anymore, but, but, um, <laughs> but no, like uh, he look was on, great. And I love that. He dies both times at the hands of Burnham. <laughs> like it's, and they joked about it on After Trek. And it's like, you feel bad for the guy. Like, like this this character in two universes can't get a break with Burnham. Like, don't be alone with Burnham if you're this guy. Yeah. Right. What and killed me about that? The look on her face. The look on her face was him. amazing. Like, she's like, oh. oh my God, I can't believe I did this. But And, and the, the, the sorrow, you you know, she was sorry. And that's what got me was that he reacted to that he looked at her and was like, even as he's dying, he has the moment where he looks confused at her yeah. face. Like he's like, why, why are you sad right now? Like, like he's like figuring things out as he's dying. Like he's like, something is wrong here. And so for the actor to be able to portray both the agony of dying and, you know, mm-hmm. failing in your mission, you know, you've got the, you, you, you just failed. You tried to do something and you failed miserably. And now, but then also the confusion, he's looking at her face going like, why aren't you, you should be smiling right now. You should be giddy. But you're sad. Yeah. You're you're sorry for me. Why? And just that scene, that moment between those two was some of the best acting I've seen on TV in my life. Like just without any mm-hmm. words, just those two faces in that moment were phenomenal. We, we haven't talked about another huge death, and that's the death of... <laughs> Uh, Dr. Colbert. Yeah, how, how did we miss that? <laughs> I, I don't know. We talked about Voke and him being analyzed, but we didn't talk about, like, <laughs> the single greatest part of the episode that I didn't like. And why I didn't like it, like, it was shocking in the moment, but the the comments, the commentary on After Trek is what pissed me off. Yeah. And it I, pissed a lot of people off on Twitter. That's what I'm going and, to uh, get into when we when we, when we we talk about Aaron's uh, spectral or quantum state oh, a little bit later. I'm going to get into that a little bit, oh, I think. That, but, oh, but, but my thing is, is like they hinted at, oh, well, this isn't the last time you're going to see Colbert. And I'm like... Okay, but, and and I agree with a lot of the complaints that people are saying. It's like, you expect more from a show that, you know, a couple of the executive producers are gay for them not to pull the kill your gays trope, you know? And, See, and I, I didn't realize that was a trope. It, it is. And it's it's a trope in the past couple of years that started with uh, the, the series The 100. And there were some prominent gay characters on there which got killed off in, in horrific and terrible ways. And there's been a couple other shows where this trend is continuing, where, you know, you fall in love with this gay character and they get killed off. It's it's a really big trope, 
that's you know really affecting people in the LGBTQ community. I, I kind of agree with him at this point. It's like why to me it just seems like they're doing something shocking just to do it. And we'll do a hand-wavy magic sci-fi thing later to make it right. But you still did the thing which pissed people <laughs> off. There are at least three people I know on Twitter that are so upset and angry at this to, to have, you know, the, this this potentially great character just be killed in a brutal way. And, and it seems to be falling in that kill your gaze trope. Uh, the the so some people I know are are refusing to watch Discovery over it, or they're they're going to give Discovery some breathing room because I think that anger is real and valid, and it, it, it put a bad taste in my mouth too. I was like, look, we we have a character where he's part of a couple, you know, the first male gay couple in Star Trek that's you know of any substance. And it seems to be the writers seem to be falling into this trope and, and the producers addressed it in like different online interviews that I saw where it's like, well, of course we're not. I mean, look at us. We wouldn't fall into that trope. But the thing is, you did it anyway for shock value. And, and, I, and I it was to... shocking. I was shocked. Teresa was shocked. I mean, she had tears. I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. And. It was horrible at the time, but it was those comments on After Trek where it's like, well, you may not have seen the last of them, and, you know, we got some plans. And I'm like, well, well, you know, (laughs) you kind of crapped the bed for me. Well, I I have to disagree in some respects because, first of all, I didn't – I guess I just – I don't know. For me, the whole gay thing, like, I don't even think of his character as the gay one. Like, I don't even – like – I don't care about that aspect of it. Like, I honestly, like, and they confirmed it in After Trek. My thought was the fact that he was killed because he was the smartest one in the room. That's no, the reason I he was killed. That, and, and they confirmed, like, I thought that before I watched After Trek. I'm like, he figured it out and he died yeah. because he figured it out. And that's no, the I, reason. I, I get it. He died. He was the smartest. He figured it out. But still, on the surface, it shows up as this trope. Which are is I think that's more upsetting some people. I think that's more systemic of I I think that's more systemic of the fact that we don't have more uh, LGBTQ presence in TV and movies to begin with. So the fact that people do latch onto these characters as the gay ones and. You know, I, I'm try- I don't want to paint myself with this in like enlightened brush, like oh, I don't see them that way. But honestly, I I don't like I didn't paint them as the gay couple. You know, it's just okay. These are two people, and I felt it was that much more powerful because okay, here's this this couple, and regardless of what gender either one of them are, one of them was in the room unable to do a damn thing while the other one was killed, and it wouldn't matter to me if the it, yeah, it's it's absolutely absolutely heartbreaking and it's shocking and it's powerful because of what it is and like i said it's to me it doesn't matter what gender they are it wouldn't have mattered if it was the a, a guy in the bed and a girl doctor who got killed or a girl in the bed and a guy doctor who got killed or a girl in the bed and a girl doctor who got killed it wouldn't matter in the slightest to me the fact was one person figured it out and they were in the room alone with the with the the you know half half klingon half human whatever the heck he is at the moment that it happened they were going to get sure. messed up the thing that bugged me about the after trek bit 
was that they, not that they said, you know, all they had to say was, don't worry, you haven't seen the last of Wilson Cruz on this show. That would have been enough because then we'd be like, okay, well, they got flashbacks. We've got possible miracle bird. They, you know, we got, we got lots of different options we can think of, but no, they had to be like, well, you know, with the, uh, if you read the book about the mycelial network and you know, he's going to, they basically said they're going to bring him back to life. They basically said it straight up. And I'm like, they gave away too much. Like, I don't want to know that they're bringing him back to life. If that's what they end up doing, okay, that's part of the story, whatever. But all they had to do was just let Wilson say, don't worry, you haven't seen the last of me. Because that would have left so many opportunities open to them. Like, okay, great. We know we're seeing this actor again. We've got, we're in a mirror universe for crying out loud. We know we could possibly bump into Miracle, except now we know because of After Trek that we're not going to. So there's, that's off the table. You know, that's what bugged me about After Trek this week was the fact that they, they gave away yeah. too much that we're not going to see Miracle and that we are going to see Real Culper back somehow via the magic of mycelial network. So I was like, ah, they gave away too much with that. And I think it was because of this backlash that people were reacting to because they were a gay couple. And I'm like, imagine if it wasn't. Just just imagine for a second. That's what I think everybody should be doing at all times, looking at every character in every show ever. What if they weren't straight? Or what if they weren't gay? Would the storyline be the same? And if it would, then you're doing it right. If it wouldn't, if the storyline is completely based only upon their sexuality, that's when you're running into problems. That's when you're running into issues is because you're basing the storyline around something that shouldn't be the basis for a storyline. And that's where I think they were doing it right, but it it didn't resonate correctly amongst a lot of people. A lot of people took it the wrong way, I think. And that's where the, the because of the backlash, they decided they get, had to give away too much on After Trek. And that's when I was like, ah, oh, we're really and messing do, things do you up think, here. Do you think that's why it was pre-recorded this week? Oh, I, I doubt that. I think it was pre-recorded because, A, they wanted to get the, the people that they wanted to get on, and they probably had scheduling issues that needed to deal with it. And, B, I think the biggest issue was the fact that they got so many complaints about the quality of the streaming on the live shows. Yeah. that yeah, That's those, the number one reason Those last couple episodes bad. were pretty bad. Yeah. That, that would be my guess, personally. And now that we've completely stumped all over Aaron's quantum state of flux. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> all over my quantum state of flux. That's cool. Let's get back to uh, some theories and speculation. So if this is Mirror Lorca. Yeah. Okay. It would be kind of effed up if Mirror Lorca has Prime Lorca and Mirror Burnham locked up on the Discovery under the guard of Black Badge crew, and maybe even in Agony Boots. Which is probably the most brilliant thing, explanation-wise, because after the first couple, or the third episode, we've never heard of those Black Badges again. And we've had no explanation (laughs) for them. And what a twist that would be if that small detail comes around and it's exactly what you described, Aaron. I would be jumping off i would be jumping bouncing off the walls if that happened because if you predicted this right (laughs) oh my god it's such a it's such a twilight zone twist like 
oh my god, their counterparts are in have been on the ship the whole effing time. That would be amazing. That would be just nutty as all heck. And yeah, it would be even if it even if Mirror Burnham isn't necessarily there, even if it's just Mirror Lorca or Prime Lorca locked up, you know, it's it's definitely possible. You know, um, there's so much open for interpretation with the way things are in the Mirror Universe right now, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, with Burnham presumed dead. But her body never found. That leaves it open for a lot of possibilities. One of those possibilities being that somehow she got transported over to the Prime Universe and is under lock and key by Lorca. The other option is that she really is in hiding somewhere. And when she finds out that somehow she's suddenly back in command of the Shenzhou, she'd be like, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> and so that sets up the possibility of a Burnham on Burnham interaction, which could be quite entertaining. So there's that possibility, you know, opened up as well. Yeah, It's definitely, I mean, I, I am subscribing to the theory that we have Mirror Lorca and we have had Mirror Lorca since we've seen him. You know, when that changeover took place, we don't know for sure. You know, we've had the little I'm hints. Thinking, I'm thinking it has to do with the Buran. Yeah, very, very possibly. Maybe the destruction, somehow, maybe there was some kind of power. Somehow that warp core destruction switched places, maybe. Yeah. Something happened. Yeah, because yeah, he was the only one to survive the in Buran. Both. In yeah. both universes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's very, you know, it, it, there's there's definitely signs to point there. Um, but like I said, there's also signs that point away from that. But a lot of those signs could be explained as him trying to cover to make sure that people don't think mm-hmm. that. Because we do know, the one thing we do know for sure is that Lorca is smart. Whether it's Mirror Lorca or Prime Lorca, he is smart as a whip and he is a master manipulator. So it is not unthinkable to think that he finds himself in this universe and realizes, okay, I need to figure out how to get myself back. And the only way to do that is to play along. I'm going to have to be this guy. Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to to work hard. I'm going to try to curry favor with admirals. I'm going to do what I need to do to get assigned to the ship that's testing experimental stuff. And with that experimental stuff, that's how I'm going to maybe finally get back to where I'm supposed to be. And maybe, guess what? I'll take this experimental tech back with me and use it just like uh, some emperor did a few decades ago and use this futuristic mm-hmm. special technology to take over and become the emperor myself. Um you know, maybe that's the thought process that's going on. So the the black badges, the fact that they're never mentioned again is quite interesting. You know, you, you could explain mm-hmm. it away easily as to that once the war started, all of the other experiments beyond the spore drive got tossed to the wayside for the time being. Therefore, whatever they were protecting went away also. There's that possibility. Could You could throw that explanation out there. I'm not saying that's what I think. I'm just saying that's something that could, in theory, be. But, uh, yeah, there, there's definitely room for that. And I'm, as of right now, subscribing to that theory that we have uh, Mirror Lorca. We have had all along, as far as we know. Who knows where, where real Lorca is, though? I, I'm not willing to speculate on where prime Lorca is if this is mirror Lorca that we've been dealing with. He, he could be on board the discovery could still be just, you know, lost somewhere because the the trend seems to be switching places. You know, it's only, it's really only in DS nine where they ever had people just jumping 
back and forth between universes and running into sure. themselves. Every other time it's always been switching. Whether Lorca is just, you know, hiding out because he's like, I'm wanted here for some reason and I don't even know why because it's not me. <laughs> like he could be hiding out. Um, who knows? Mm-hmm. I, I'm on board with that theory for now. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know, that could change on Sunday. <laughs> I don't know. You yeah, know, sure. when the new episode comes out, we could have stuff that completely alters my perception of everything. Who knows? So when also when Stamets says the enemy is here, I don't think he's talking about Tyler. I think he's talking about Lorca. I disagree on that one because the first time he said that Mm -hmm. it could have been either because it was a moment where Tyler walked in, but then also Lorca came in shortly after. Mm -hmm. But the second time he said it, only Tyler was in the room. And that was when he was lucid and said it. When, he, when his eyes came clear and he looked him in the eye and said, be careful, the enemy is here. And then went back into his catatonic yeah, state. Yeah. Only Tyler was in the room then. And then you had the moment on the bridge where uh, Saru's threat ganglia went off the yes. moment Tyler walks in. Like, I think that's because the Vogue personality is starting to reassert yes. itself. And so he's getting glimpses of that. And I think that's why his threat ganglia went off right then. Because nothing else happened in that moment. Like, it didn't go off before. The Vulcan ship pops in, shoots at them. No threat ganglia. Tyler walks on the bridge. You know, it's like, come on now. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that, that's pretty obvious for sure. So so on that one, I mean, I understand both theories, and I'm not saying complete. I'm not like, you're wrong, dang it. I'm just saying, right. personally, I'm thinking he is specifically talking about Tyler in this respect, especially due to the fact that, you know, he then five seconds later kills him. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also have an explanation theory as to why discovery if it ends up back in the prime timeline because who knows maybe it doesn't (laughs) make its way back (laughs) series over folks (laughs) (laughs) they spend the rest of the yeah season two is entirely in the mirror universe (laughs) oh god (laughs) (laughs) a reason why discovery might not reveal the fate of the defiant to starfleet in the prime universe is because if they use the data from the defiant to get back the defiant might not be put into the situation where it gets put back into the past of the mirror universe. Insert so that, Chief O'Brien's I hate temporal mechanics quote here. Right. <laughs> right. So they, they don't want to alter anything that would prevent the Defiant from going back. Right. Right. Into the but then past. how do they make the decision? Because essentially, as far as we know, the Defiant crew died. Yeah, no, they died. So how do they make the decision? Okay, we sacrifice the Defiant crew so that the Discovery crew has a way to get back. Well, it already happened. But how do you not just say, okay, well— It has happened and will happen again. But how do you not say, okay, well, we know, so let's save this crew instead of that crew. Like, who makes that decision? You know, uh, it's—time travel is—I love time travel stories, but at the same time, I hate time travel stories. (laughs) If they don't use the Defiant to go back— then the Defiant would never have been there for them to use it to go back. Right. Well, and like I said, I personally believe the Defiant is not going to play a part in their return. I think they're going to use the Spore Drive to return. 
eventually. If they if they do get back, it's going to be via Spore Drive, not via whatever the Defiant did. Because as you said, the Defiant used the, the Defiant was caught in a Tholian yeah, thing with which you know they're going to figure out if they ever get this information, which is questionable at this point. Based on what we've seen, both in both in the next week on, and even the clip we got from After Trek, it's questionable whether or not they're ever going to get this information from the Xinjiang to the Discovery. But if they do, I don't think they're going to figure out a way to get back via it. So right. that's why we end up seeing Stamets back in the box, you know, because they're like, okay, well, the only way we're going to get back is the way we got here in the first place. And that's, I think, ultimately what might happen. We'll see. We'll see how they work that as far as the fact that there's no record of the mirror universe by the time TOS visits. Yeah, they, they have a lot to do to retcon the, the spore drive and the mirror universe. I mean, th- this whole thing would have to be classified forever yeah yeah. <laughs> you, you know just to fit in our prime universe so yeah they're, they're definitely know. gonna have their work cut out for them as far as fitting it in and i'm okay you know i'm okay with that you know they're gonna have to tweak things and there's always going to be the question marks here and there uh, anytime you're dealing with inserting a story into the middle of a previously existing timeline with previous previously existing canon and all of this you're gonna run those risks of stepping right. on something you know what in for the sake, I, I always say this, I've said this many, many times on many, many shows, tell me a good story and I will forgive almost anything. If you tell me mm-hmm. a good story, I will be wrapped up in that story and I won't worry about the questions until afterwards. And by that point, it doesn't really matter because I've enjoyed the story to begin with. So as long as they do that, as long as they do that well and tell me a story, which so far they have been doing exquisitely. You know, it's always after the third, fourth, fifth watchings before I start really having questions about certain things. If it takes me that long to start questioning things, you're doing a good job, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because first of all, you're making me watch a show five times. So obviously you're doing a good job right off the bat. Not only am I watching your show, I'm watching it multiple times, but then I'm not starting to really have questions about canon until after I viewed it multiple times. So Mm-hmm. As far as I can, as of right this moment, I have to say, Discovery writers, thank you. You guys have blown my mind in the best of ways, and I love it. Uh, likewise, and I guess oh, yeah. uh, to uh, to wrap the episode up a little bit, the preview for next week, we see Tyler fighting what appears to be Mirror Voke, or at least an albino Klingon. Yeah, I I didn't freeze frame it. Like you you've got this in the show notes with the freeze frame and now I'm seeing it more than than when I, in the in the actual preview I just saw him fighting a Klingon. Yeah, really that's that's all I I saw. But yeah, with the freeze frame it really looks like that could be Voke or someone yeah. similar in, in which case wow. <laughs> yeah, talk about some layering going on. I mean, god. Yeah, uh, I, I guess that would mean Voke would be a good guy <laughs> in the mirror universe. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. He, well, he would yeah. be. The, I mean, he would be a rebel. He'd be the right. one that started so the rebellion. He would be literally the one that says, "Why don't we reach out to these other alien species and join with them? Like, yeah. let's let's explore multi uh, multi <laughs> Let's do this." Like, he would be the one that started all that. <laughs> <laughs> 
He'd be so, the one yeah, like, so that, he's like, I'm fighting you right now, but really, I want you to be my friend. Like, hey, can we stop fighting for a minute? <laughs> so so that, that that's interesting, and I, I kind of want to see that happen. I hope this is folk fighting Tyler, and not like just some kind of like dream, weird dream sequence. I hope it's like something that's actually going down. Right, right. Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we saw from that at some point, Mirror Sarek is going to mind meld with Burnham. Oh, God. I can imagine a million things going wrong with this. Like, is that even, first of all, is it even possible? Is it possible for someone from Mirror Universe to mind meld with somebody from Prime Universe? Or will their, you know, quantum signatures or whatever prevent that from happening? Is it going to be a matter of he goes to start and he's like, I can't, what's up? You know, or is it going to like seriously blow his mind when he gets into her head and finds out everything about what's happening? You know, that he she's not his and you know, because as far as, you know, in this universe, she would be his enemy. So I'm very, very curious. When I saw that, I was like, ooh, that could go so many ways. Like there's so many things that could go from that moment, from the moment of him putting his fingers to her face forward there are a million possibilities so i'm very curious to see what they do with that um well there's the the, then they would kind of echo back to the original mirror mirror when mirror spock has this big revelation and that's what continues the rebellion that we see in deep space nine right that didn't come from a there there weren't any mind melds though right he didn't actually mind somebody from a different universe I, I'm just saying that there's there's parallels there that yeah, yeah, would be absolutely. ironic that that mirror Sarek maybe plants the seeds in mirror Spock and oh that it's opening up so many different cans of worms. <laughs> oh man, that would mean Sarek and Spock in the mirror universe are still at odds. Yeah. Oh, because he still joined. Well, he didn't. Yeah, join yeah if Sarek's in the rebellion, the and yeah, if Sarek's in the rebellion, and and Spock is part of the Wait Empire, a minute, that would mean that <laughs> there were a human would have had to have had relations with Sarek still. I'm sure there are some, oh, you know, like, like there are with any with any nation or any group of people. There's always going to be dissenters. So all that means is that yeah, but the, they wouldn't. They would definitely not have allowed Spock to join Starfleet or not Starfleet. Sorry, the and that Imperial. kind of cycles back around to my one big complaint about the mirror universe in general and the fact that it's always a mirror of whatever series happens to be going on right there, when in theory their divergent paths should be taking them so far apart from each other. Like from at one point, yeah, they would have been similar, but at some point, at the point they split, things should have been so drastically different that by the time you get out to next gen time or D space nine time, like they should be so different at this point that they would be unrecognizable to each other. And yet mm-hmm. we're still seeing exact mirrors of the exact people who happen to be on this particular show at this particular time. And I get why they're doing it for storytelling reasons. But when you look into the mechanics of it, you kind of think, eh, I don't know. <laughs> right. That's that's my one big complaint about the whole mirror universe thing is just the fact that we always end up seeing, like, why in T- TOS, do they have the exact same technology when supposedly they got jumped ahead in technology 
in Enterprise. Yeah, I, I mean, you can just say that they've been playing, trying to play catch up and that, you know, they really haven't had a lot of advancements because, you know, they've been too busy conquesting and murdering to, <laughs> yeah. to do and science. They, they pr- yeah, they probably don't have the technical know-how to duplicate it until the time of... It, exactly. There would have to be so much backwards engineering while people are getting stabbed in the face. So <laughs> it, it yeah. could take a while. Yeah. I mean, there's always the explanations. And like I said, I, I'm not complaining, complaining like, oh my God, this is horrible. I don't like it. But more just a general kind of, I've always, it's always bugged me a little bit. And I think it really came out in Deep Space Nine when they just overused the mirror universe. And especially, I think the one that really triggered me as far as this whole, like the, the thing that really set me off as to like questioning this was seeing Esri Dax in the mirror universe. Like when she showed up all of a sudden, I was like, okay, now you're just putting people who are in the current cast in there. Like there is no reason that particular set of events should have happened in both universes. Like that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> so for Esri yeah. Dax to show up in the mirror universe was, it, it just set, it's one of those moments. I always talk about moments in shows and movies that take me out of the story. And that right. was one of those moments. That was one of those moments that took me completely out of the story and started making me think about the logistics of it instead of the story. You can tell the most ridiculous story in the world. If you keep me in the story the entire time, I won't question it until after the fact. And that was kind of Mm -hmm. one of those moments. And, of course, it's kind of tainted the mirror universe for me a little bit since then, I think. But I'm digging what they're doing right now. I'm yeah. I'm on board. I don't care if it's the same exact mirror universe that we've always seen or if it's one that's like, you know, one step aside from it. One thing I'm really curious about, and I, I don't know if either of you guys know this or if anybody's ever checked into this. You know, uh-huh. we've talked about how they never did a, a full-on mirror universe episode in TNG. We had the mm-hmm. one episode, I, I the, the title escapes me right now, where, you know, where we see the Worf Troy thing start, where we see a bunch of multiple universes. Yeah, parallels. Parallels, that's it. Um, we see in parallels a whole bunch of enterprises. At any point, has anybody gone through, I, somebody has to have, I'm sure, gone through frame by frame on there to see if any of those enterprises were an ISS enterprise? Interesting. Um, we'll have to look at that in a future episode. I, I'm uh, curious about that because yeah. I've like it never really occurred to me until now to think about. I'm like, I wonder if one of those many universes that popped into existence happened to be that particular universe, and if they maybe somebody in the art department somewhere just threw a little Terran Empire logo onto one of those enterprises somewhere, or just even just the the ISS somewhere, just yeah, well, just as a little maybe- Easter egg for somebody paying real close attention. Maybe in the remastered versions of TNG, possibly. Right. Let's uh, wrap up and uh, get ready for the next episode, because I know we're all waiting for our episode 11 of, of Discovery. Pumped and primed and any pumped other and any other adjective you can think of to describe being in anticipation. <laughs> okay. So, Mr. Dewey, if we, if we were to look for you on the internet, what would we do to find you. Oh, right. <laughs> what would we do? <laughs> what you want to do is go to uh, Tinder. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not on any of those. I promise you. Um, if, if you do find me on those, let me know because that's not me. Uh, no, you can find me on Twitter at Eric J. Dewey. You can also follow our podcast network, the Four Eyed Radio Network, at the Sasquatch Net. Awesome. And Mr. Barry. 
Same question. You can find me at truckyb 47 on Twitter, Instagram, all over the world. <laughs> and, and your Tinder and, profile is? No, no Tinder profile. Grinder. Uh, uh, nope. <laughs> uh, you can also find my podcast, uh, Ranger Command Power Hour, on the Four Eyed Radio Network at Ranger Command PH. Awesome. All I do is podcasting. Apparently so. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Nova Charter. And thank you all for listening. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. You have been listening to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com. Follow us on Twitter at sfescapepod. Like us on facebook.com slash sfescapepod. And add us to your circle on Google Plus by going to google.sfescapepod.com.